You like that? That's how I always reaffirm myself. Give me another one. Tony Bruno. See? Give me another one. Tony Bruno. <laughs> you say it real fast now? Tony Bruno. Nice. You say it real slow now? Tony Bruno. Can you get deeper? Deeper? <laughs> <laughs> You're a bad man. You're a bad man. Tony Bruno. Tony Bruno. And now. Oh, Tony Bruno. Stop it! Here is Tony Bruno. Jeepers, is it Monday already? June 24th? June is fading away so fast. Sort of like the Phillies, actually. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Hello there, it's Monday. It's manic Monday. The dog days of summer have arrived, ladies and gentlemen. All you have to do is go down to Citizens Bank Park and watch. And that's an insult to dogs. Because dogs, dogs do what they do every day. Dogs are loyal. Exactly. Dogs don't take days. Dogs, when they when you throw a bone or whatever you're throwing to go fetch, they don't dog it, so to speak. And why do people always say dog it? Like a dog doesn't put out 110% effort all the time. All the time. So I don't understand the disrespect to dogs that's out there. And by the way, shout out to all my dogs, including my dogs behind the walls, who are listening, our captive audience here on Bruno Nation Live on Twitch. Miss Robin's here. We're here. We're all together again, ladies and gentlemen. And we thank you for joining us. I know you could have been anywhere else in the world today, but you're here with us, and we appreciate it. Meanwhile, we're underway. We got so much stuff. I don't know how we're going to get this in. I, I don't know. We're going to need a shoehorn. We're going to need another storage unit. No, ours is overflowing. And yes, Miss Robin, once again, for the 72nd consecutive month, says, don't worry, we're going to go to the storage unit and get rid of that stuff now that I've spent $6,000 in the last three years, keeping crap in there that's not even worth a thousand dollars in total. <laughs> I could have gone on a world tour. I could have traveled the world with that money that I have invested in a storage unit to keep crap. Okay. It's I'm, pissing I'm, me I'm, off. I'm going to sign up whether they like it or not. Both Luigi, my our adopted son, and my son Christian, and they're going to help me empty that sucker out. Exactly. Period. Hear you that, better, Luigi. you Luigi's keep saying that, Robin. Luigi's listening right now. He's like, oh, great. Thanks. I hate to do it to you. By the way, I got to give Luigi love. Now, he's working today. Yeah. But he just posted a great tweet, and we'll get to that. By the way, it's halftime. We got soccer action, yo. Underway. USA, Spain. We're in the knockout round. I'm going to knock you out. And ladies and gentlemen, the big story, which is breaking news. It's 1-1 at halftime. USA against Spain, we are in the knockout round. And what's interesting to note here, the U.S. deadlocked. And you know what that means, Robin? That is the first goal that the U.S. women's national team has given up in their last five games. You realize that? Wow. They have not given up a goal in this entire tournament. Damn. You even have to go before they did a friendly and didn't even allow a goal. How friendly could they be if they didn't even give up a goal in a friendly? So this team now, the goalless drought, the shutout binge is over. Hermoso scores in the ninth minute. Megan Rapino scored in the seventh minute, on a, seventh minute on a penalty kick in the first half. And the second half is underway in France. And we'll keep you up to date on the Women's World Cup knockout round. I'm going to have to play a little I'm going to knock you out. Mama said knock. We got all kinds of good music, by the way. 
Gawk111 says, I got my subscription today, 10 bucks a month, worth every penny. Oh, they I think they must have subscribed for tier two. Yes, exactly. Because it's not 10 so bucks much. a month. Yeah. It's, it's $4.99 a month, free with Twitch Prime. And we want to thank all the people who have subscribed. And there's different tiers because the different tiers allow you to do different things. So. I don't, is it tiers for fears? I don't understand the tier <laughs> thing. I'm if you subscribe multiple months, you only can subscribe one month at a time, right? So each month. No, no, no. You can do yearly stuff. And oh, I you think can you lock it in? Yeah, I think you can lock it is in. Is it like SiriusXM where if you don't lock it in, then they charge you $250 because you didn't call them to tell them that I don't want to pay the no. same amount even though I've been a customer that is for not five how years? It, no, that's not how That's it works. an outrage is what it is. What is that noise that every now and then keeps coming through? I think it's uh, people who are gifting us bits. But speaking of gifting. Yes. By the way, I want to give Luigi love, even though he's ripping us on okay. Twitter. Twitter. He posted this morning several months ago, I came across a homeless man and his kids. I feel like Casey Kasem here. Dear Casey, several months ago, I came across a homeless man and his kids were living out of their car at the Wawa on Delaware Avenue. I helped him get a job at my company but haven't spoken to him since. Today, he shows up to my office and is taking me to lunch. I'm humbled. He and his kids are doing well. And for that, ladies and gentlemen, we got to put our hands together and give Luigi, no matter what we say, no matter what the audience says about him, no matter what everybody on Twitter says about him and on Twitch, <laughs> that's a good man right there. Yes. That's helping... A family have a better life. Oh, yeah, there's this, every once in a while, there's this like little noise that comes I out know, of nowhere. I know, and I don't know where it's coming from. And it's from. not people like log, logging in. It's bizarre. I don't know where it's coming from. I don't either. It's not coming from me. I got nothing turned up except I turned down, not for what. By the way, Bruno's storage unit has just checked in on our Twitch stream, yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes, yes. Bruno's storage unit is actually the name. Is that this has been easy money storing all this worthless shit you have in here and taking your money? By the way, I've been wearing your sharks jersey because never one ever, ever, ever comes down here to take your shit out. So I might as well start using it. The VHS tapes are excellent, also. <laughs> <laughs> hey, they know what they're talking about. Ladies and gentlemen, the storage unit has checked in live. Oh. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> now, we have a potential breaking news story we're following on this show today. Over the weekend, on Twitter, Gary Radnich, iconic sports radio yes. host at KNBR in San Francisco on the Sports Leader 680. And a very loved person by Mr. Tony Bruno at all. Not just me. I mean, everybody in the Bay Area. He yeah, grew but up. you have such a huge history with him. No doubt about it. Gary and I have been friends. Gary was on the air for 36 years in the Bay Area. So yeah. he was there long. He grew up in San Jose. He was a basketball player at UNLV, college hoopster, sports guy on TV and radio for decades. I was fortunate enough to start working with him in, when I went to ESPN in 1992, and I was on the air with him for 17 years consecutively on morning. No matter where I was, whether I was on vacation, whether I was home in the basement, whether I was at my mom's house, every single day I would call into Gary. It started out as a five-minute segment and eventually became a half hour every single day, and Gary referred to it as the best half hour on radio. I never said that, but people loved it. And Gary announced over the weekend on Twitter that that's it. He is retiring after a Hall of Fame career in the San Francisco Bay Area on 680 right. KNBR. So I got, an, I got a text 
Uh, now, obviously, I wrote a nice note back to him, although I don't really think Gary is handling his Twitter stream. <laughs> but a lot of people responded over the weekend, not to me, but to Gary, congratulating him on his retirement and then also mentioning that one of their favorite segments was the segment that Gary and I did for, right. for all those many years. And that was touching as well. So now I don't know whether... Gary's supposed to be doing his last show today. I got a notice this morning asking if I would go on with him if he does... In fact, he should be on the air now. So if he's on the air now, that means he's doing his last show. Right. Some people suspected that he wouldn't come in and do his last show today because Gary's not the kind of guy that likes plaudits. He's not a guy, to me, knowing Gary as I do, I think when he announced on Twitter that he was retiring. You may never see a hat trick in person. See, now somebody's got something up that's running here. Yes, but it's not me. I have nothing up, so to speak. I did last night, but not right now. Can you just turn my thing I off did. for the time being? Okay, just in case there's something. Uh... So anyway, Gary Radnich, well, is he on the air, Robin? Can you check the KNBR feed? Because that's how we'll know. His producer. Was, somebody else can tell us that's Okay, because on... his producer contacted me this morning. F.P. Santangelo Jr., the son of F... former major. Something's up, Robin. Yes. And it's not me. I know that. Well, not yet. Anyway, it's too early and it's hot. So anyway, he asked, hey, can you come on? with Gary's last show today. And I said, absolutely. But Gary's on at the exact same time. <clears throat> I'm on 1 to 4. He's on 10 to 1. Right. Which California is time. California time, which is basically the same time. So we're on exactly at the same time slot. So they wanted me to go on, and I thought it was Eastern time, but it was actually Pacific time. So I said, hey, listen, if Gary's on today and you want me to pop on, why don't we do where he calls the show or you call the show and we talk on each other's show because I don't want to miss his last show. If they want me to pop, if they don't want me to pop on, that's fine. But I'm willing to pop on his final show. And we can kibitz a little bit. Is it kibitz or kibitz? It's uh, kibitz. I think it's kibitz. Not kibble, not kibbles and bits. That's something else. So if they want me to pop on, and uh, we'll do it. If we'll do it live, one last time, and maybe we can get Gary to pop on every once in a while. We had Josh Innes come on last week. You know, we had uh, Harry comes on. I may just do a show where once a week I have one of my former partners come on. And then maybe mix in one of my former female partners as well. But I've only had actually one continuous female partner. I'm talking about on the air now, not those other partners. I usually have to call Le'Veon Bell to get those partners straightened out. Except I leave before they leave. Just like that. We'll get to the Le'Veon Bell update. Big story that developed over the weekend. We've got a Cam Newton update today. The U.S. women and the Spanish women just don't like each other, Robin. Pushing and shoving. This could get very, very ugly. Do they have an enforcer on the women's team? It's 1-1. The tension's starting to build for Team USA. You know, this is, you know what this means, Robin? Today's loser's gone. Finuto, fini. Hasta la vista, baby. Ain't no more soccer if you lose this game. Loser, go home. There's no tomorrow. Maybe you can go and uh, visit Paris and go to the Champs-Élysées and go see all the tourist attractions. But that's it. Loser today. Arriva Derchi, baby. Or as they say in France, hey, va fanable, hey. How about that? I, How do they I was say it in French? Bonsoir. Alvi de Zane. No, that's, no. Uh, that's Swiss, right? Bonsoir. Bonsoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Au revoir. Yeah. You have to say the little, the little behind. Robin, I've been to France. I speak French. I understand French. Do you understand that? Oui. I dated a French woman for what? Five years? Parle I went to Paris with her twice. Parlez-tu français? 
But I went there, and what I did, what I do in every country that I go to, showing you that I'm not the typical, ugly, entitled American. When I went to Yugoslavia for the Olympics in 1984, the month before, I studied Serbo-Croatian, the impressive. native language. And I was the only American there that when we'd get into a taxi to go somewhere who could actually communicate with the cab driver in his native language. How many other media people or anybody else who travels goes through that effort? That's impressive. It's then, always really handy to do that so that you don't yeah, get taken advantage like, of. Exactly. Not even getting taken. So our cab driver broke down. We were, we were in a cab in Yugoslavia. And this is right before they had the major... Uh, the Civil people, War. Yeah, the I mean, Civil there, were, there, were, there, were, there were people with machine guns everywhere because the tension was high back then. And then eventually, unfortunately, the, uh, the Civil War happened. But anyway, I'm not French toast. Pourquoi? I don't know why. The loser goes home and they're playing in France. But anyway, when I went to France, I'd go into a restaurant. I would always order in French. And then at the end, the most important words you must say... When you were at dinner in France, in Paris especially, on the Champs-Élysées, you're at a good joint, it's expensive. Yes. You say to the waiter, L'édition, s'il vous plaît. And you know what that means, right, Robin? The bill. Can I have the check, please? Yes. L'édition. Garçon. Garçon. Every, all, the, all the waiters are called garçon. Not Pierre Garçon, no. of course, former uh, great uh, NFL player. Anyway... I did not invent Rosetta Stone. I'm just one of those people, when I travel, I like to be able to communicate. You know, we, everybody in the world doesn't speak English. Everybody in the United States doesn't speak English. Yeah. That's the way it is. There are people from all over the place. We're a diverse world. Now, anyway, enough about that. Let's get back to the business, Gary, right? you are correct. Gary did not come in today. Um, we are hearing that maybe Wednesday... But we okay. will be, they will let us know for sure. Okay, so that's that the breaking happens. news because I suspected over the weekend that when Gary announced his retirement on Twitter, that meant that's it. Hasta la vista. Hasta la vista. Hasta luego. Bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, Salinas, as Gary would say many times on the show. <laughs> we should contact him, see if he'll just come on here. No, he can't do that. That's his, that's his place where he worked for 30-something years. I know, but he loves it. I don't know what Did his you terms... Know 17 years with him, that's half of his on-air. Exactly. You, were with, you spent half of his career with him. Exactly. That's, that's pretty impressive. By the way, a soccer update. They're in the 57th minute, and Bob from Valley Forge pretty much nails it down. One thing's for sure, when I come back in another life, I do not want to be a soccer ball for women's soccer games. My balls have been kicked by women enough in this lifetime. But I'm bum. <laughs> women are going down more than on porn tube today in this game. I'm sorry, Robin. I mean, that's, that's what people are writing. That's a good one for Bob. Now, but anyway. <laughs> Tony, a quick, uh, what did you do this weekend update? Yes. Well, I was trying. Well, it was a hot weekend. We, Robin was like, let's go out this weekend. Let's I'm go over get for a ride. out of the house. And then I said, no, Robin, I still have projects from outside that I wanted to finish last summer. And while I'm home, I started there's daytime baseball. So I started watching baseball, and I'm watching the Phillies stink it up. And then I got frustrated. I said, let me go outside and do something. I can't sit on my couch watching crappy sports. I'll watch the highlights later. Because it was making me upset. A lot of people are upset watching their teams, especially Phillies fans. I mean, the Phillies have been in total free. You, you know that uh, refinery explosion last week here? Yes, yeah. The Phillies are, are, are more on fire the other way. They're a dumpster. They're, they're in a refinery fire. They're not a dumpster fire. They're an oil refinery fire. That's how bad they've been. Three weeks ago, Robin, 
10 games over 500, three and a half games up in the National League East. First place, they were there basically from Jump Street. June 24th, this Monday, six and a half games behind Atlanta, seven straight losses. They're 16 and 17 against their own division. They are now eight and a half games, six and a half behind, as I mentioned, the Atlanta Braves. The Nationals are eight and a half back. They've lost a couple in the row. The Mets, who come in for a four-game series starting tonight, how many games? They're only nine games out, and the Marlins, who were the worst team in baseball, are 15 games out, and they swept the Phillies, and they've won four in a row. More, more bodies just going everywhere. This looks like WWE Monday Night Raw, where the chicks are just throwing each other down. And we got a lot of American women sprawling all over the pitch. The bitches. I, I'm not the American women. I'm sure they're not bitches. But the Spanish chicks, man, they're, they're starting to goon it up out there. We don't play that shit here. And now they're going to get a direct kick from Megan Rapino, As the Spaniards resulting, Julie Ertz. You don't mess with Julie Ertz. No. I can't wait for her husband, Zach, to storm the field <laughs> and storm the Bastille. By the way, it's St. John the Baptist Day up in Canada today. Eh? But that's not the Bastille that they stormed, no. is it? No. The Bastille was the French. I know. Well, there's French Canadians, Robin. And they're playing in France. That's my point. See, the, the World Cup is in France, the Women's World Cup. So Julie Ertz goes down, and she goes down hard, but she's okay. So we'll keep an eye on this uh, shabacle. It's not a debacle. Shabacle? Shabacle, because like, it's women. Is that women. like a Jewish debacle? No, it's like women playing. Oh, Instead of okay. a debacle, it's, it's a, a shabacle. Oh, they just scorched one over the top of the net. So close for Team USA. That was a sizzler. And if they lose this game, they'll be going to Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler. We're going to Sizzler. Oh, that one almost found the top corner. Just a, It was deflected high over the top of the net, Robin. This is exciting. Your mom is probably apoplectic out there in Menlo Park. They're having a conniption fit right now, I'm sure. They have conniptions in France. Now they have uh, beignets and maybe some... Uh... No, I'm talking about my mom. Oh, yeah. Just a little bit high. Anyway... What's the perfect song for today's USA-Spain soccer game? Because we got a lot of music already prepared for today's program. Uh, drowning Pool Bodies. Drowning Pool is the name. Bodies is the Is it a song? I guess so. Let me play it here. Can you crack my no, uh, thing? No, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, you can't do it that way. I can't play it off this? No. I will do it for you as you continue with the program. Okay, so anyway, back to baseball as we keep an eye on the U.S. Uh, in the 61st minute, now still 1-1. So the Phillies have been a mess. You don't need me to tell you that. But in the meantime, Gabe Kapler, the Phillies are now in a stretch of playing 25 consecutive games against teams in their own division. They started out this stretch 1-8. You don't need me to tell you how bad that is. It stinks out loud. But just when you thought the Phillies were a mess, we'll get to the other mess in the meantime. But Gabe Kapler, after the game, probably listening to the show with regularity and avoiding excessive use. If you listen to his post-game comments yesterday after they got swept by the Marlins to lose their seventh consecutive game. This is what he said. And tell me what this reminds you of and if he's not stealing it from one of the staples of this Tony Bruno show. What's easier than scoring on an open goal? It's, it's not one thing easier. Ah, where is that coming from? I don't know, but Gabe Kapler is waiting, Robin, and we're waiting as well. I know, 
but I have to stop whatever else is playing at the same time. See, you're trying to run 15 things at once. You can't run. This is not a, this is not a live DJ set. No, at the Hollywood Bowl. You don't understand. There should not be more. You're than not Kruder and Dorfmeister here. You're not some of my other great, all-time great mixers of the, of the genre. Never see it. Hold on. Now is that I'm, where I'm Gabe closing. Kapler is on that machine? Yes. Yeah, so I'm okay. closing a couple of other things. Obviously, close it all down. Shut I it down. Can't have all these multiple. Well, we're getting ready for Gabe Kapler. Time. So the Mets are coming in here tonight. Okay, Zach Eflin. Zach Eflin against Steve Katz. But yesterday after the game, a dejected. But still employed, Gabe Kapler said this about that and this and that. In, in particular, uh, sometimes it's lack of execution. Sometimes it's lack of perfect sequencing. Sometimes the hitter kicks our ass. And it's a combination of all those things right now. And it has to get better. And, I mean, that's what this game is all about. It's, it's ebbs and flows. It's times of shit performance and, and, and times of successes. And... We, we get together as a group in the tough times. We fight together. That's what we're doing right now. I don't care to label it as one thing or another. All, all I can do is, is talk about us as a group. We win as a team. We lose as a team. We don't single anybody out. It's not how baseball is played. It's not about one person in isolation. It's not about one staff member in isolation. It's not about one player in isolation. We do this as a group, as a unit. When we win, we celebrate the guys who did really good work. Mm -hmm. When we lose, we go back to work on the guys that need mm -hmm. some help. We don't quit on anybody, ever. Damn right. In other words... Going to work, all right, please. wait a minute, Robin. Now, okay. In other words... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. He even mentioned shit in there, but they beeped it out. Yeah, they bleeped it. We don't have to, no. but they did. Did he not? Did that not sound like he was using our... Can we play the beginning of that again, Robin, when you set it up? I wanted to edit, but I didn't have the equipment to edit. Sorry. Because when he says, sometimes we do this... Sometimes we do that. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be shit. Exactly. Exactly. We don't have to play it again. People got it. Because when I heard that last night when I was going through all the highlights. It immediately like, thought of that, yeah. That it's... Gabe Cap was listening to the show. Exactly. Sometimes it may be good. Sometimes it may be <laughs> shit. In fact, we may have to do a Gabe Kapler sometimes make a good, sometimes make a shit remix with that tape. Swedish Chef, are you listening? Yes. All you do is... You just get this, the post-game news. It's easy to do. This doesn't even... I could do it if I had more time. You put that Gabe Kapler, the very first couple of things he says, and then you stick in a sometimes make a good... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Exactly. I do think he's listening. There's no doubt about it. There's no doubt about it. He should it. be listening because we give all the good tips here for just a second. Now... So after the game, yep. that was Gabe. And now the Phillies have the Mets coming in here tonight. You talk about shit shows... This could be the biggest confluence of shit show dumpster fires you've seen in a long time. Because the Marlins, they're up and down. I mean, they're, this bad, they're supposed to be the worst team in baseball. They're not. Kansas City's worse. Baltimore's worse. So the Marlins at least play hard. They're, they don't have a lot, you know, an unbelievable lineup. That's why they're a bad team. But they come in here and sweep the Phillies, and they're playing every day. They're not mailing it in. There's no tanking in baseball. So anyway, There's no crying in baseball Well, there's either. crying in baseball sometimes. So anyway, the Mets come in, and the Mets, let's be honest, their manager's on the hot seat. I don't know if Gabe Kapler's on the hot seat. People want him fired. People want the whole organization fired. That's not how it works. I don't know what they're going to do. But the Mets have been an absolute disaster. Mickey Calloway, their manager, has reportedly been on the hot seat since game one. It's New York. You don't get cut any slack in New York when you stink. So yesterday, the Mets are playing the Cubs, 
and they're leading 3-2, to two, and Jacob deGrom, arguably the best starting pitcher in baseball, is flinging a masterpiece. He gave up a couple runs, but he's leading 3-2. He only went six innings, but he struck out nine, and then they go to the bullpen. And what happens? Relief pitcher Seth Lugo, who's actually been pretty good, mm-hmm. goes out there, throws a ton of pitches in one one inning, a little over an inning and a third. He throws 42 pitches to try to get out of the inning and ends it by giving up on his 42nd pitch, a three-run home run to Javi Baez of the Cubs, which, oh, by the way, was his 100th career home run. So after the game, the Mets go on and lose. The clubhouse got testy. And you know things are bad when you got the manager and players threatening reporters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So after the game, Jeff Healy of Newsday, one of the beat writers who covers the New York Mets in New York, apparently was one of the reporters asking manager Mickey Calloway, which is legitimate, and that's what a beat writer's job is. What about Edward Edwin Diaz, your closer? Why didn't you put him in there? He's only made one appearance in the last eight games. Legitimate question. You know, the, the guy, you know, Jeff Lugo was pitching like crap. He threw 42 Seth Lugo. He's pitching like crap. You got a closer. He hasn't pitched. You got a chance to beat the Cubs. You had a pretty good weekend. And so they asked him, what about Edwin Diaz? And then reporters kept asking him because he wouldn't answer it. Finally, Mickey Calloway, the manager, says, I'm not going to use, I'm not going to use him to get five outs is what he said. And then he went on a profanity-laced tirade against the reporters, particularly singling out Jeff Healy of Newsday. Yeehaw. And then while he was yelling at Jeff Healy from Newsday, reportedly, Uh Healy said, I'll see you tomorrow, Mickey, meaning like, I'm out of here. But but one of the... uh, Mets pitchers, Jason Vargas then took offense and thought he was challenging his manager. Ah. So he stared him down and said, I'm going to knock you the fuck out. I'm quoting exactly what, what Jason Vargas said. And Mickey Calloway dropped some MFs on this reporter as well. Wow. Because things are ugly in the Mets clubhouse. Let's be honest. I mean, things are ugly in the Phillies clubhouse. Was this but nobody's tape? going after Howard Eskin. These were all quotes. Okay. Jeff Healy so there was no there, there was, was no, no blows. They didn't know, but there was. I don't. I, don't, I haven't found it. If okay. there is, we'll find it. But I, I went to Newsday this morning. I wanted to find out who the reporter was that he singled out, and I found out that it's Jeff Healy of Newsday because Mike Puma's a buddy of mine. He used to work with me at ESPN. He's one. He's the New York Post Mets beat writer. We should try to get him on because at least he wasn't. Because I have his. I have his information because the Mets are in Philly, so he's got to be here covering this series between the Phillies and Mets, which starts tonight at Citizens Bank Park, and so. Jeff Healy then says this morning that last night after all this shit went down, the Mets came back to New York. Actually, they came from Philly, came to Philly from Chicago, and all the writers are here and the teams are here getting ready for a four-game series. So the Mets ownership group called Jeff Healy last night to apologize to him. Wow. Because one thing you can't have when you have a Major League Baseball team is you can't, as much as writers can be a pain in the ass, they're doing their job. Jeff Healy's doing his job covering the Mets. How is it unfair to ask the manager why you're not using your closer who you've only used one time in eight games in a game where you have a chance to beat the Cubs in Chicago? And so that's a fair question. Now, obviously, Mickey Calloway knows that the heat is on him in New York. People want his ass gone. 
you know, columnists have been writing nasty articles about the Mets, but the beat writers don't write columns ripping the management. Their job is to report on the games and to get post-game comments. So Mike Puma, if you can find him, I'm going to get him on to discuss this. I want to know who's a bigger shit show right now, the Phillies or the Mets. So profanity, luckily everything calmed down. But when you have pitchers saying, I'm going to knock you the F out to a reporter, and it's all over the place, and you're the Mets and you're trying to sell tickets and you're trying to keep your, your clubhouse together, you don't do that stuff. So anyway, the Mets called and apologized to Jeff Healy, and now they're all here in Philly tonight for the Phillies and Mets. And what's interesting is you got Mickey Calloway, the beleaguered manager of the New York Mets, facing Gabe Kapler's seven consecutive losses, the beleaguered manager of the Philadelphia Phillies. So it's going to be an interesting series. The question is, will either one of these teams step forward and say, hey, we still want to play? I'm not saying the Phillies have quit, but there's certainly something going on with this team that no one can explain, including the manager. Basic answer is... Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. So anyway, but the best highlight of the weekend, there were no really big highlights for the Philly except Saturday. Saturday afternoon, that was a shit show too against the Marlins. And the Phillies were actually leading in the game Mm -hmm. when Jeff Kingery was struck out on a ball that was high and inside. The officials, the umpires decided that Kingery swung at the pitch. Even though he was hit on the hand, he swung, so therefore he was struck out. Even it's, though he got hit. Well, therefore, it's not reviewable, right? Well, no. Hit by a p- swing, uh, check swings are not reviewable. Okay. Being hit by a pitch is. So this was the problem that happened. So Kingery obviously gets hit by the pitch. But the umpires all ruled after they pointed to the third base guy, the first base guy, that he go around. And the umpire said, yes, that is not reviewable. A check swing is not reviewable. A hit by pitch is. <clears throat> and since they ruled that he s- swung at the ball... There is no review of whether he was hit by a pitch because he struck out swinging. That's an outrage. So that, of course, Kingery complains. Yes. And then I want to thank this guy who's a genius. At Jomboy, J-O-M-B-O-Y, did absolutely magical work. He's at Jomboy underscore. At Jomboy on underscore. He's a New York Yankee fan, but he does a lot of these recreations that we love. You've seen the lip sync reading stuff. You've seen the drunken history stuff where people are trying to make words. But what he did is he took the tape and broke it down to levels beyond scientific. And he obviously reads lips because oh, yeah. this is exactly what they're saying. And if There's you can no watch this it. on our Twitch channel, you already heard, but the, he you don't have to see it, but the way he stops the tape, slows the tape down, this is Zapruder film level breakdown. It's brilliant. And it's brilliant. And nobody else can play this, see? No. What the advantage we have on this show <laughs> yeah. is that they can't play this on any radio shows. They can't play this on any TV stations. Nope. They can only play at one place, right here on Twitch. This is John Boy underscore breaking down the Gabe Kapler rhubarb, as we used to call it. Nobody calls them rhubarbs anymore. With the umpires, Gabe Kapler thrown out for the first time. Let's go back to the tape. This was the greatest moment of the weekend for Phillies fans because they actually had something to cheer about. They cheered their manager getting ejected because he went out there and went nuts on the men in blue. Let's go to the tape. Kapler got his first ejection as a manager today, and it all came from this 0-2 pitch that hits Kingery in the hands. But he says, did he swing? Did he swing? And that ump says he's swinging. Whoa, I swung? How the fuck does that happen? I hardly moved at all. Kapler's coming out. He's got something to say. Ump says, hey, you swung. It hit your hand. And then Kapler's like, okay, let's take a look. It definitely, definitely 
hit his hand. That is pretty clear, right? Bam, there, okay? Hits his hand. Now, did he swing? Let's take the side angle. Looks like no swing to me. It's not even fucking close to a swing. <laughs> I'm just like, well, he swung. Uh, okay, so tell me what to do. He wants to challenge it, but the ump's going to tell him right now, well, because he swung, and he swung, and so, yeah, um, well, uh, yeah, he swung, so it's not reviewable. I can't help you on that one. He's like, well, I have to have a say in this because he didn't swing. He's like, okay, well, you're just going to have to move on. I'm sorry. Kapler's not going to move on. He's like, just change the fucking call so I can replay it. <laughs> He's like, I'm not going to do that. You're going to have to have, it's not a swing. You have to give me an opportunity to have my say. I'm just like, I'm going to give you one last chance. Okay, you're gone. Kapler's all pissed. That's bullshit. Screaming, yelling. <laughs> all you had to fucking do, all you had to fucking do, make that call safe. There is no fucking chance that he swung. That is a fucking terrible call by you. That's so fucking weak. I like this part. Don't ever put your hand next to me. <laughs> That's fucking terrible. He's going to go around the bases. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck. You all suck. Got to give me a chance. No, you didn't. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, I did. Ooh, kick some dirt on him there. Kick some dirt. Let's go back and check that out. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> Kaplan looks like he out. should be managing in L.A. Just way too cool to be a Philly manager. Philly manager's got to be, like, disgusting looking. He's way too pretty. But he, he wanted them to change the call so we could review it. That's kind of Exactly. How about that? How about that? Meanwhile, we have breaking news before we get to the uh, review of that. And Megan Rapino has just put it into the back of the net on a penalty kick in the 76th minute. That I told you the Spaniards, Robin... They were playing dirty. They were trying to get the feet up. And, and the, one of the women defenders got her foot up into a U.S. player, almost went underneath, and boom, you know where it would have gone. You get that foot up under a woman. Oy. There's not uh, there's nothing, anything hanging down there. So Megan Rapino goes left side, rolls it into the corner. No chance for the Spaniard goaltender. And it's 2-1 USA in the 76th minute in the uh, knockout round. USA women's national team again in the final in the knockout round of the women's world cup. I know. Do, in we, have it? do we have the uh, the Spanish goal? No, I gotta have that line. Ah. See, we don't have any of that lined up. Damn it. Goal! goal! It's on Fox Sports One. We should be rolling on, on the Telemundo broadcast. Damn it, Robin. We had so much to prepare for today and not enough time to do it. So Megan Rapino now has both goals one in the 75th minute, the one in the seventh minute. One on a penalty kick, one on a uh, was the second was the first one a, a penalty kick because I missed it. I think it was. So two penalty kicks for her. Beautiful. Two one, seventy seventh minute of play. In France, we'll keep you up to date on that one. Loser goes home. The Spanish women are just they're just basically tackling every woman with their feet. Every American that goes near them, or any time an American player has the ball. Yeah, they playing, just go up and they're playing they're, a little dirty. It's not even dirty. I mean, well, it's dirty because they yeah. got a penalty shot. That was a lifting of that was having going up with your foot high with the spikes up. Nobody wants that in baseball, soccer. You put the spikes up running into somebody, you deserve to get your behind whooped. And they got the penalty shot, justifiably so. And you know me, I'm no homer. 
Well, I am when it's the USA. You think I'm rooting for these these other damn countries? Now, what would you do though if if they were playing Italy? Would you have a hard time? No, because I'm an American. Okay. If the if the if Italy is playing the Americans in a World Cup match, I'm not rooting for the Italians. Well, if they're playing the Netherlands, I would have a hard time. Well, then you're not American, Robin, and you should be deported in the next raids that happen on Sunday mornings. <laughs> Unless uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tells everybody that there's I raids know, coming, and then, you won't, then you'll be able to hide. See here, my passport says American, but my heart says Dutch. And you know what I say to you, Robin? Ah. Here's what I say to you on that call. Bafangul, eh? Exactly. That's what I said in reply. You're not even born in Holland. I know. I'm not born in Italy, but I might as well be. My mom is from Italy. You never never lived there. I am eligible to have dual citizenship, Robin. Are you eligible to have dual citizenship? I gave it up. Are you eligible to have dual citizenship, yes or no? No. I gave it up when I was 18. I was stupid. I was stupid, stupid, stupid. I could go over there. Now, it would be harder for me, even though my mom is from there, I would have to go through hoops and all kinds of legal shit to go to Italy and, and request dual citizenship. That is not correct. That is correct. No. I've gone through the procedure. I've checked it out. No. I have a lawyer in San Francisco yeah. who told me what to do. And it requires, I just can't say, hey, my mom was born there. I have relatives there. All my family's there. I should be dual citizenship, American-Italian. It's not that easy, Robin. I can't sneak into Italy and say I'm a citizen and then get free shit, free health care, free everything. That's bullshit. I'm an American first. Now, Ochi568 says, I'm a little torn because my parents were born in Spain, but I'm from the USA. Sorry, man. My mom was born in Italy. I'm not rooting for the Italians in the World Cup. Now, they're playing somebody else, yes. But the Americans are playing anybody else. Okay, so it's sort of like it's sort of like USA trumps everything else. But if don't mention Trump in this thing, I'll start getting emails uh, from people who think we're promoting Donald Trump on the show. Okay. Without even I tweeted yesterday. You don't even have to mention Trump's name in a tweet to have people jump all over you claiming that you're sucking his dick. That's that's what happens when that I make I, I try to make some funny comments about politics. You never see me saying yeah go MAGA and, and I don't I don't do hashtags. No, I don't because you're definitely not there. No, I don't do that. I try to have no, fun on Twitter. That's not what you believe in either. I don't even own America Great to Make America Great Again hat. I don't even own an electrified no. Trump sign that the I can closest, put in front of my the house. The closest thing that you have is a T-shirt with a Santa Claus on it that says Make Christmas Great Again. Yeah, but that was two years ago. And that was funny. And I wore it at Disneyland, and nobody tried to attack me. No. Because it was because funny. It was funny. <laughs> I should have one that says Make Twitch Great Again, but Twitch was already great. Yeah. Even though America yeah, to some people was bad. never really great, Twitch has always been great, but now it's greater. <laughs> Stick to sports, Tony. <laughs> <laughs> now a corner. And the Americans kick it out. Okay, so back to the Gabe so, Kaplan so, but how, how great was that? Uh, how about the perfect timing? That cut ended just as Megan Rapinoe was about to take yeah, the penalty. Good. It's almost like we planned My it. My favorite part of that is where he kicks uh, dirt onto the yes. um, and then they both of them look down as if that's that, that was a bad job and I love the NBC I know the guys at NBC Sports who, who do the broadcast how do you not have a full shot where you can see Gabe Kapler going all Sparky Anderson going all uh, Lou Pinella going all Earl Weaver and just absolutely piling the dirt not at the feet of the umpire 
but all over home plate. That's what you do because you're standing. You, normally, these arguments are right in front of home plate. And then the, the last call, because you've already been thrown out of the game, and then Gabe went over and gave a couple of sideways dirt kicks. That was fun. That was real fun, bro. That was awesome. But how about that job by John? I even gave him love. I don't know the yeah. guy. I started following him. Apparently, he does a lot of these videos where he does the lip, lip reading. And you can, if you watch it and listen to it, he's actually nailing what they're saying. Every possible word that he could see on their mouths. But the you suck, because then he points at the umpires. You suck, you suck, and you suck. And the crew chief said, hey, Gabe. You suck, too. You just lost seven games in a row, douchebag. And now we got more women down. Isn't that a movie that I saw over the weekend? Women going down, down hard? Something different, I think. Slightly different. So anyway, the Mets and Phillies tonight. Did you contact uh, Mike Puma for me? Uh, I did. Let me see if you replied. DM him for me, please. I did. Meanwhile, how about the Dodgers? The Dodgers made history again yesterday. If this team, if the Dodgers are not in the World Series in the National League. Um, he, F, sorry to interrupt yes. you, Tony. He did reply, and he would like to ask what time. Any time he has between now and uh, 4 o'clock, he makes the call. He's got to be here in Philly. And he's probably at the ballpark already. Oh, so now one of the Spaniards just crashed the goaltender. But I think she's, uh, she's fair because she, the goalie was out of the box. And so no penalty there. But anyway, we'll get try to get Mike Puma on. So the Dodgers sweep the Rockies in that big weekend series, first place versus second place. The Rockies were red hot. They go into L.A. and history made. Not just because the Dodgers swept Colorado to go up double digits again. It's because for the first time ever, three rookies in a row hit walk-off home runs in three consecutive games. That's right. Friday night, Matt Beatty hits the game-winning home run in the bottom of the ninth. Saturday, in the 11th inning, Alex Verdugo hits the game-winning home run in the bottom of the 11th at Dodger Stadium. And then yesterday, just called back up from the minor leagues, catcher Will Smith, not that Will Smith, he's the white Will Smith. He's a backup catcher for the Dodgers, came up as a pinch hitter, and hits a three-run home run in the bottom of the ninth Never happened before in the history of baseball. Three rookies hitting walk-offs in three consecutive wins. That's unbelievable. I'm telling you, if the Dodgers don't go to the World Series this year, they're never going to the World Series. Ever, ever, ever. The frustrated Spaniards getting the yellow cards now whipped out on them. Excuse me while I... Excuse me while I whip this out. That's what the uh, referee just said, but I think the, uh, the Spaniard player, see, she's doing it again. She trips Megan Rapino, and this game has gotten out of hand. I wouldn't be surprised if you see the benches both emptying out into the middle of the field, hair pulling. You know those fights that you see outside of clubs in L.A. at like 2 in the morning when women start grabbing each other in drunken frenzies, and then all of a sudden somebody's hair, tra- uh, what do you call it? Not the, the weave. The weaves get ripped out, and bitches be all over the ground, flying around, drunk. Is there anything worse than watching a woman's fight in a street. I can I just say that as a woman? Yes. I'm well, you can't speak to this because I, I you know, it's I'm your body, your call, right? I am embarrassed to see those on TV. I it just it just goes against everything that I feel women stand for 
And whatever they think they're doing, it's just wrong. It's called drunks, Robin. Men and women both I, do it. Women are no wrong. different than men. When they go to a bar and they're drinking no, it heavily. Seems to, it seems to be happening more and more often. No, because you know why it seems know, to be that ugly. way? Because everybody's got a camera phone. Uh, you don't think drunken chicks have been throwing down outside of bars at 2 a.m.? They, they, they've been doing it forever. Now we just see that, it all the time. The last time I got into a fight was in elementary school. I'm not saying you get into fights. I'm saying that it's outside of bars, women get scorned, or maybe a girl goes into a bar and her boyfriend's there with another dude, and then they go outside, they're drunk, they're sloppy. I don't even know how they can fight with those stupid high heels they wear. If you're going to fight ladies outside of a bar, take the no. damn shoes off. Oh, no, no, no. If, you, if they take the shoes off, then they can use them as a weapon. That's dangerous. Ridiculous. High heels, man. High oh, yeah, heels. that's I deadly. I think that's I a deadly weapon. I remember doing a... a Update on Into the Night, where some a woman actually got she it was assault with a deadly weapon when she 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 had like those spike heels and the heels were, they were like made seven out of metal. Oh, the metal spikes, the metal ones. Yeah. And she she you can't even wear them on a golf course anymore. How can you wear them to a club? They should be they should be on the band list when you walk in. You know where it says no gang clothes, no shorts, no tank tops, none of that stuff. Should be no spiked heels at any bar. I'm sorry, ladies. You gonna go in the bar? You ain't pulling that seven-inch stiletto with metal heels on me or on anybody else near me. I don't want to be accidentally hit. But you go to you look on the internet, Robin. All you see it, and I'm not trying to single out women. I'm saying women are just as bad as men when they have too much to drink. Not all of them. The ones who are susceptible to not being able to contain alcohol, and then at a bar, two o'clock, they go outside and they throw down over stupid shit. Am I wrong there? You are not wrong, and we will be calling Mike Puma at 2 p.m. Oh, Eastern. beautiful. We'll go live into the Mets like, dugout and clubhouse and wonder why Mike Puma, not Jeff Healy, was the man who almost threw down with the manager of the New York Mets and their starting pitcher, <laughs> Jason Vargas. I'm going to ask him the question because I've seen this happen before in, in, in locker rooms. I've seen baseball. I've been threatened by Major League Baseball players for doing nothing but my job. Reggie Smith of the Dodgers, coincidentally, threatened me physically when I was covering the Phillies back in the day when the Phillies and Dodgers, obviously big rivals, and they came to town and Reggie Smith and Steve Garvey and that great Dodger team. I'm in there interviewing Steve Garvey, and the locker right next to his was Reggie Smith's. So that, and I wasn't doing a one-on-one. I was in a gangbang. So there's all these people with microphones, you know, over the top. I'm just trying you, to reach you in. You in a what? You know, when you have like 50 reporters at one locker. And they're all trying to get somebody because Steve Garvey was sitting down on his bench and everybody had to reach in there and try to get their microphone in there. I was a radio guy getting, trying to get audio. But I happened to be on the side because I, there was no other way I can reach in there. And I wasn't in Reggie Smith's locker. Uh-huh. I was just standing next to it. But right. I wasn't blocking his way to get in there after a shower. And he comes up to me and he says, "You get," and he, and he went off, dude. He said, "Get out of my locker." I said, "Dude, I'm not in your locker." I don't think I said, "Dude," back then. I said, "I'm not in your locker." He says, "Yes, you are. Get out of there. I'll throw your ass out." I'm like, "I'm, I'm just trying to do my job and get some tape. I'll be. I'm not blocking your way, man." It got ugly. Then they had to bring the people in because they know I would have knocked his ass out. Not really. He would have killed me, but <laughs> I would have at least grabbed a bat or some foreign object. And that I could have been a good brawl, though. I could have made money. I, I would not be working today if I allowed that to happen, Robert. But because cooler heads prevail, in other words, my cooler head prevailed, and the Dodger PR guy came over and broke it up, mm-hmm. I wasn't in there to fight with any players. 
Bob from Valley Forge, you're absolutely correct, Tony. Two women should never be fighting. Now, two women kissing. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, yes. You're right about that, boss. Thank you, Seacrest. A woman's body was made for loving, not for fighting. So were men's. Meanwhile, any, who's Elizabeth Lambert? Is she one of those wrestling chicks? I only know the other guy, Adam Lambert, the American Idol dude, right? right? I don't know Elizabeth Lambert. I'm going to probably get ripped now because she's probably one of the WWE divas. We're in the 90th minute now, Robin. How much, uh, how much extra time will there be? Team USA up, 2-1, to one. 90th minute, but they have not put up the amount of time, though, uh, extra time. Oh, there it is, seven minutes of extra time? <laughs> seven minutes? Damn. That just shows you how much flopping, how many fouls are him, yellow cards, tripping. It took them so long to figure out how much extra time to put up there. Because normally, as soon as they go into the 90th minute, you're thinking, okay, there's going to be some extra time. How often do you see plus seven in extra time? Not often. In a crew- this, is a, this is a knockout game. And now another American got knocked. No, actually one of the Spaniards. Megan Rapino just knocked one of the Spaniard chicks out. This could get really, really ugly. And now for once, I will defend the American women. You take those bitches out because you don't want to be knocked out here. This isn't just about playing a game. You play to win the damn game. You know what I'm saying? Hello? You play to win the game. You don't play to just play it. Exactly. That's the great thing about sports. You play to win. And I don't care if you don't have any wins. You go play to win. Damn right. When you start telling me it doesn't matter, then retire. Exactly. Get out. Get out. Get out is right. Get out. Get out. AJ in San Antonio. Seven minutes, nothing. My girlfriend takes an hour to get just to get dressed. <laughs> yes, Robin does too. Yes, she does. <laughs> yes, she does. Only on special occasions. Oh, yeah. Anyway, I don't want to get into that. We got all kinds of updates today, too. So I gave you the baseball update. Mike Puma's going to join us in about 10 minutes. We have a two chicks at the same time update. We have a, how much for that seat, bro, on an airplane? You uh-huh, probably have uh-huh. seen the story. Cam Newton. In fact, let's do that right now. So Cam Newton of your Carolina Panthers. You know, training camp's about a month away from today. It's when most teams report. So he's in that downtime after the mini camps and the voluntary and then the, the ones where you're supposed to go organize team activities where he did show up. So what's he going to do in his downtime between now and June and July 24th in that area when teams are supposed to report for real training camp? About a month away from today. He wanted to go to France. Who doesn't want to go to France in the summertime? It was fashion week. And, you know, you've seen Cam Newton. Oh, he yeah, likes to wear... He's definitely a dresser. He, he definitely is a man who understands fashion. He wants to be... See the runway shows over in Paris. Who doesn't? I usually go see the, uh, the donkey shows when I'm over there. And then I realized I was in the wrong country, and they didn't have any donkey yeah, shows no in France. donkey shows in I was just trying to make a stupid comment. So, anyway... So, Cam Newton gets on an airplane. And he doesn't... And he's a tall guy. And he doesn't have a first-class seat. He doesn't have a middle seat. He's got a, 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 no, a, an aisle. But he's a tall fellow. So he gets on the plane. And now, do we have tape? We just have video of, of Cam actually trying to negotiate with the guy, right? Because somebody Correct. was taping this. Correct. Somebody's- so Cam Newton goes up to this guy. And I, I love that on Twitter people are making this a white-black thing. The guy had a seat. I don't know if it was first-class, but obviously he had more leg room. It might have been business class. It was a bulkhead seat. Right. 
So you do have a little bit more room in front right, of you. you. Can stretch out. So Cam Newton goes over to the guy and says, hey, I will give you $1,500. $1,500 if you give up your seat. Cash money. Not Venmo. Not uh, Libra. Not any of these cryptocurrencies. Straight cash, homie. 15 hundos. Now, I don't know if he peeled them off. I think this is... And this is... The video picks up maybe slightly after he'd already offered him the Correct. $1,500. Correct. So he offered him the $1,500. they are still in negotiation. But it wasn't here. ugly. It wasn't no. a confrontation. And so when people hear these stories and they just see the headline, they're thinking, oh, what happened? Cam Newton, it was a 10-hour flight. Yep. So he didn't want to spend, you know, because he wants to relax. Unfortunately, he probably got the ticket last minute because he didn't book this way in advance. Mm -hmm. Because when you're a star athlete and you make gazillions of dollars, you're going to book first class when you're booking a trip overseas, right? I mean, that's where Cam Newton flies. So apparently he must have booked this and did not have, you know, the the seat with more leg room. Mm -hmm. So he tried to ask a guy if he would give up his seat. And the question I asked myself and everybody else did, you were in that situation. You got that seat. And you're not super tall, by the way. Yeah. I don't know how tall the guy was. Well, we don't know. I mean... The point is, even if you're not that tall, somebody offers you $1,500. That's good spending money. You can can go to a wine con. You can go... You can go all over France and buy some quality wine with fifteen hundred bucks. But Am I may- right? But maybe so fifteen hundred dollars, Cam Newton. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal for him. No, it's like fifteen so, bucks for somebody not, else. People are now arguing. Oh well, they should have offered him five grand and two grand. I don't think the guy wanted to give up his seat. Well, or maybe Cam Newton didn't have more cash on hand. It doesn't matter. The question is, you got to put yourself well, in that spot. Let's so play let's, this first. We're going to play the tape. There's no audio involved. Yes, right? there is. Oh, you can hear the conversation? Yes, you can. You can okay, sort of hear the conversation. Okay, let's see if we can hear this. This is Cam Newton negotiating. <laughs> so you really can't hear. Well, it's like but they're laughing. The older dude, he's laughing a little bit. And he's like, oh, man, come on. Come on, man. Look at me. I'm really tall. And Cam, wasn't, he wasn't mad. No, he wasn't. He was laughing. He was very cordial. And he said 1500 He's like, oh, all right. And the dude just said, no, he doesn't want to give up his seat for any amount. So now you can see Cam. He's, uh, he's pouting a little bit. He's like, I'm a, I'm a little bit bummed Great out. Cash, homie. Exactly. A little bummed out there. But you know what? Maybe the guy was wealthy and he didn't really care that's about exactly. the 1500 I mean, that's what I'm saying. If, if $1,500 to Cam was like $15 to somebody now, else, any other Joe to- Schmo. They're going to take the 1500 right? Right. Because you already have your seat. You just move over to a window seat, to yeah. an aisle seat. That's not a big sacrifice. Or maybe he was sitting next to somebody that he didn't want to not sit next to. Now, it was, it, it was a long flight. It was a 10-hour flight right. to Paris. I'm not going to sit here and, and say, well, he should have offered him more. He offered him 1500 I don't even know if the guy wanted to negotiate. The guy didn't say, all right, I'll do it for two. How about we go 220? You know how they do it in those pawn yeah, yeah, shows? yeah, yeah. yeah. Most I can offer you right now, <clears throat> Cam says, all I got is 1500 on me. I, I know. How many people carry around 1500 in cash? How about, uh, how about gold? Do you, cryptocurrency. What are some of them? We know it's a Bitcoin. Yep. Then there's other ones. Venmo. Which are our favorite. Which one? Bits. The bits. Bits. I don't think you can offer him bits on a plane. Let's offer him Twitch bits. <laughs> <laughs> Big Cap 13 says, 1500 and that ridiculous looking hat, and we got a deal. 
Not wiki, wiki dollars. So that's a funny story. That, people are going to make a big deal. People are already making this about race. Swedish Believe Chef 2019 is in the house. I don't where, know. Where is he? Is he upstairs? So if <laughs> um, he, he replies, has he ever seen the inside of a Turkish prison? Oh, yeah. Did he like movies about gladiators? Swedish Chef, I don't know if you'd already logged in at the beginning of the show when we asked for a remix of... What were we asking a remix for? Oh, it was the uh, Gabe Kapler and Sometimes a Good, Sometimes Make yes. a Shit. It works brilliantly it with does. his post-game comments. It was I mean, the, that take, that'll take you two minutes to put together. We've got to put it to music, though. We've got to find some good background yeah. music. So if you can come up with something brilliant, yeah, like so, you always do. And it is a final now! It is a final, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together for the greatest women's soccer team of all time. Team USA. 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 Can I get all nationalistic now, jingoistic, and all the other istics that you can be? Not the stylistics. Can we do uh, I need to find a Spanish. Got them all. Got them all. Got them all. Team USA and the knockout has just knocked out Spain. I'm going to knock you out. Mama said knock you out. And it was, a, it was a physical game. Megan Rapino was getting absolutely torched the entire game. But now there's a lot of hugging. It's good sportsmanship. They're playing hard. They're taking their shirts off. They're taking their pants off, too, in women's, I hope. Just a, just a, just a jersey exchange. I want to see some uh, bodily fluids exchange. Is that too much to ask? Come on, Robin. This is called soccer humor. Soccer? So Megan Rapino scored both goals. And I think Robin's going to, after the show, is going to dye her hair that beautiful color purple that she's wearing. It's called lavender. 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 I think that uh, Megan Rapino lavender would look good on you, Robin. Uh, I'll pass. <laughs> Briny Barrett, betcha by golly. Wow, that's great stylistics knowledge right there. What other listics are there? Not listics, istics. Istics, linguistics. Linguistics. Your mom's a linguistic yes. an- anthropologist. Uh, it's too much for me to think about right now. I know the USA won. I had it at the final gun, the final whistle. Team USA, baby, they're moving on to the quarterfinals. So, Swedish, here, I'm going to actually type it to, uh, never mind. Carry on. (laughs) Thank you, my wayward friends. So there's your uh, Cam Newton update. NBA awards tonight. You going to be watching? Hmm, But what's interesting to note here in Los Angeles today you know what was appeared this morning on, you know, on I-5? You know that freeway, Robin. Where's the I-5? It goes all the way down to Disneyland, right, from L.A.? You take the 5 all the way down. Yes, that's right in the middle of the state, all the way Boom. down. And you go to I-5, and you go right down, and then you see that Disney World, Disneyland, the exit, and they have their own exit, and you get off right there. Of course, you pass a couple of other great amusement parks. What's the other one? You pass... Uh, well, there's Magic Mountain. Magic Mountain. No, that, no that's not south on the... This is south on the five, not north. Oh, going all the way down to... Magic, yeah. I, it's, the, it's the five south. Yeah, so from... In Downey. Isn't that south of L.A.? Downey? Yes, so that you're going down to the San Diego area. Yeah, and you're going down toward Disneyland. Yes. Okay. Why do you have to complicate it here? I'm sorry. I have to get a map out? I was thinking all the way down the state, so you were going from from Northern California to Southern California. No, you're in L.A. You're not in Northern California. You're not in Washington State. You're not in Oregon. I apologize. Knott's Berry Farm. Thank you. Okay. Knott's Berry Farm is on the side there. Very good. Very good. 
Isn't uh, Legoland not far from there? No, that's farther down south towards San Diego. I know. All right. So anyway, on the 5, as we call it in California, not the I-5, because here we call it I-95. We don't call it 95. So anyway, on the I-5 in Downey, mysteriously, surprisingly, two digital billboards appeared. The billboards were there, but today, on one billboard, it says Kauai to LAC. So it's Kawhi Leonard, free agent, Toronto Raptor, NBA champion. The second billboard on I-5, and both of these billboards are about 10 miles south of Staples Center right. in downtown L.A. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So obviously a lot of people come from Downey. I mean, it's a, every freeway is jammed, so it's not like in the middle of nowhere. And then another billboard says it's a license plate, a California license plate. And in the middle of the license plate, Kawhi. Just K-A-W-H-I. And then at the bottom, it says Clippers Nation. The Clippers are denying they have anything to do with this. Nobody knows who put these billboards up. But they're up right now. And the Clippers making a hard move to try to get that Kawhi Leonard to go down. To play at Staples Center, obviously, where they play also where the Lakers play. So the, the action is underway, hot and heavy, in free agency. We still don't know who's playing for what team in the NBA draft, but at least we know what free agents are being courted right now. And now, ladies and gentlemen, as I mentioned earlier today, if things don't suck here in Philadelphia, and nobody has threatened any reporters yet, including Howard Eskin, which is hard to believe that he hasn't at least had one threat aimed in his direction, and Howard's a friend, or any other of the writers. Because we got some cocky writers in this town. And trust me, if I was one of the players, I'd want to go and kick some ass too. But one guy who never has... Players, managers, or any other people involved in the Mets organization especially, give him any crap, is the great Mike Puma, the man who covers the New York Metropolitans for that New York Post. And he joins us right now. Are you in Philly, Mike? Tony, yeah, I'm here. I got here last night. Uh, Yeah, fun time. Beautiful, man. You know, I, I didn't even realize. I, I, I know you've been doing this for a while, but you and I, I, I remember when we worked together, and all of a sudden I see you're covering the Mets. And I'm like, what the hell happened to Mike Puma? Now he's suffering yeah. in, in the Mets clubhouse every day. <laughs> we go back, what, 20, more than 25 years, back to ESPN Radio when it first started. Exactly right. Well, I'm happy to see you're doing well, man. Except, can you say you're doing well if you're covering the Mets these days? <laughs> yeah, I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, we always go back and forth. Whenever you tweet something, it's always funny, and, it, and you get it, which is what I love. And then I write back to you something silly. So that's, that's what, to me, that's what sports is about. But last night, were you there last night when the whole Jeff Healy thing went down? I was. Uh, I was in the visitors' clubhouse at Wrigley Field. And uh, really, it, 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 it was uh, really strange because I've, you know, I've been covering baseball now 22 years, and this is 10 years on the Mets beat. And I've never seen a uh, player go after a reporter before. And uh, that changed yesterday. Now, the breakdown is, and I see, Jeff, I read Jeff Healy's column, column today in Newsday. He was the reporter that was singled out by Mickey Calloway for repeatedly asking him about why he didn't go to Edwin Diaz. And, and I guess most of the media was asking him the same question, which is a legit question, you know, because even though, as I mentioned earlier on the show, Jeff, you know, Seth Lugo has been okay, but he threw 42 pitches in an inning and, and, and a third, and then he gives up a three-run homer on pitch 42. So the logical question is, why not in that situation – go to a guy who has only pitched once in the last eight games. Why would Mickey Callaway be that upset with that question? Well, it's kind of a question he's been getting hammered on all season because uh, he's not, you know, in 
he won't come out and say it's 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 not his choice, but the organization won't let him use Edwin Diaz for more than three out saves. And it you know every time there's an eighth inning blow up, it, it comes back to well, why didn't you use Edwin Diaz there? And he was getting hammered pretty good on it yesterday, and uh, he he just kind of uh, cracked afterward. He passed Tim Healy in the clubhouse about 15 minutes afterward, and, and Tim in passing just said, see you tomorrow, Mickey, and, and that was all the opening uh, Callaway needed. He, he just erupted. Yeah, I keep calling him Jeff. It's Tim Healy of Newsday. It's Tim Healy, yeah, right. Tim Healy, a beat writer, and he writes the column that the Mets last night called him, but before we talk about the Mets calling to apologize to him, because obviously you got to do that when you're an organization, the, point, the question, the, 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 the way it was set up is that Mickey Callaway actually said some things that were that when you when you mentioned when when Tim Healy said, "Hey, we'll see you tomorrow, Mickey." Mickey took that. Mickey Callaway took that as a cheap shot, or what do you want to come after me? And he said he dropped an MF on him. Now, was that what happened there? Is there any tape of this? How could there be not tape when we had all the great Tommy Lasorda cuts and the Goose Gossage cuts from way back when from the clubhouses? How did no one get this on tape, Mike? Yeah, I don't know how nobody got this on tape. This was kind of you know we had done our player interviews at that point, and we were just kind of standing around you know waiting to see if any other guys would come out. It was just kind of a, uh, a moment where everybody was kind of down on their guard a little bit. And, uh, yeah, Callaway passed by, and uh, Tim said, you know, see you tomorrow, Mickey. And I- I'm convinced that Tim could have said anything to Callaway and, because I think Callaway was just looking for an opening uh, to erupt there because he was very frustrated with the line of question, especially for, uh, from Healy, who's kind of a, a straightforward kind of guy with his questioning, doesn't kind of cushion it at all. And uh, so I, th- I, th- I think it was the wrong guy just, uh, in Healy saying the wrong thing at the wrong time. So now this is from uh, Jeff Healy. I keep calling him Jeff. I don't know. Not Glenn Healy, of course, the former Ranger great, no. as you well remember. Uh, t- yeah. Tim Healy. <laughs> <laughs> Still doing the same stuff we did 25 years ago, man. Not confusing with uh, Fran Healy. Either. No, Fran Healy. That's a that's or what's what was the woman's name? The actress Healy. Uh, uh, see, we always play one. these games. So anyway. <laughs> So Tim Healy gets a call last night from Jeff Wilpon to apologize on behalf of the organization. Uh, Jeff Healy, uh, Tim Healy, <laughs> Jeff Wilpon, Jeff Tim Wilpon. Uh, but, but anyway, he stressed, quote, he stressed the fact that I should feel comfortable being able to do my job at the ballpark, and that moving forward there's no reason for me to feel uncomfortable. I appreciate the, appreciated that sentiment from him, absolutely, says Healy. But now going back to it, then the Mets said they sincerely apologized. They had to do that. So will that, will that calm things down? Because Justin Fargus, Jason Fargus, yeah. apparently said he would knock him out, even though he didn't lurch at him. Healy admitted it wasn't that he, he, he went for him or lurched at him. He just pointed to him and said, I'll knock you the F out or something along those yeah. lines. Yeah, there was, there was, so after you know Callaway had his uh, eruption with Healy, which was, you know, really, uh, two different eruptions because Mickey walked from the first time, dropped a few f bombs on him, and then uh, walked to the other end of the clubhouse or something. And on his way back uh, to his office, erupted again. So after that happened, uh, Jason Vargas uh, ended up in a stare down with Healy, and where, yeah, as you quoted, he threatened to knock him out, um, and that. 
you know, that precipitated uh, Vargas eventually taking a few steps toward Healy. Uh, a couple of players intervened, got in between the two of them. Uh, no punches were thrown, and that kind of just ended the clubhouse session for everybody. They just got the hell out of there. Now, you've been in testy clubhouses over the years. I mean, so many players in the Mets, or New York's a, a firepower town, the media, you know, and the media and the Yankees, the media and the Mets. I mean, you know, you guys are doing your job, and we've seen blow-ups before, but the Mets are obviously Mickey Calloway's in battle. Uh, he's been from, from Jump Street this year, and so every day his name is always atop the list of managers who may be gone this year because there's always going to be managers gone. How much of this do you sure. think is affecting him every single day and the way he does his job? Oh, it's it's on him twenty four seven. You know, just going back to toward the end of May, they got swept three games in Miami, and the Callaway watch really intensified from that point. Everybody thought he was going to get fired after that series where they got swept down in Miami, and he survived it. But they haven't played. You know, well enough playing at a consistent enough level for him to uh, escape the fact that his uh, butt is on the uh, griddle here. And uh, they fired the pitching coach last week, and that's got to be adding uh, to the stress. And then uh, to lose, you know, had a chance yesterday to win a series at Wrigley Field and to have it implode in the eighth inning and then face all the questions about the bullpen, which, uh, you know, he. A lot of these questions are, are being directed at Mickey Callaway, and his hands are tied because the front office has a, a lot of say in what's going on anyway. So Mickey Callaway's got to answer the questions on decisions that aren't necessarily his. Yeah, and you mentioned the pity. I, I talked about it on the show last week. They bring an 82-year-old Phil Regan to be their new uh, bullpen coach. What was the reaction? Because I saw him walk out there. I mean, you know, people think 82-year-olds ancient now. I can say it because yeah. I'm – you know, in my 60s. So, I, I mean, there's yeah. a lot of active 82-year-olds. What was the reaction when they did make that move and bring in Phil Regan, who was a teammate of Sandy Koufax with the Dodgers? That's how long around he's been around baseball. Yeah. Phil Regan, the vulture. Uh, I think there was a lot of surprise. Uh, they fired Dave Island, who was a very well-respected pitching coach, guy who's won two World Series, one with the Yankees, one with the Royals. Uh, and last week they fired Dave Island, brought in Phil Regan, who's been – the Mets organization for a while, filling kind of various roles as a minor league coordinator and a uh, uh, single-A uh, pitching coach. And uh, I, I think people were kind of shocked. Just You know, you start with the age. How many 82-year-old guys are, are in any kind of capacity at that kind of stress-level job? Well, they're all running for president now, so that's, that's the only place apparently you can be 82 and... <laughs> And lead the country, but not lead the Mets. Not lead the Mets bullpen or pitching staff. <laughs> right. <laughs> the great Mike Puma, ladies and gentlemen, breaking. So you're here in Philly. We could, could this get, we got two teams really in the shithole, like to be quite honest. And I can say that on the show because we're not regulated by the FCC. So the Phillies just lost, got swept by the Marlins, got swept by the Braves, they lost to the Nationals, and now we're in total free fall. Nobody was expecting the Mets to do much, but they're still somehow hanging in there. I mean, the Marlins, yeah. give them credit. They still play hard. They're not mailing it in. So what do you expect? Because you got it could be really ugly here. And I'm not saying there's gonna, benches are going to empty or that kind of crap, but you got two really bad teams playing one another for the next four nights here in Philadelphia. Could this get uglier than – could there, one of these two managers be gone by the end of this week? Sure, I, both of them could be gone. Maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe, the end, maybe, the end, maybe they'll 
the two teams will split the series and both managers will be gone. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's, that's, why, that's why players come after guys like you, Mike. That's the kind of cynical bullshit I'm not going to tolerate here. <laughs> but it, it, another thing we to look out for was the last. Remember the last time the Mets and Phillies uh, played? There was uh, some of the headhunting stuff. Yes, love that shit. You know, <laughs> I, I, I got I got to remember who got thrown at. Now I, I've been so uh, wrapped up uh, in the Mickey Callaway, Jensen Vargas stuff. I, I, but yeah, there was some. You know, uh, Jacob Rain was the uh, reliever who got suspended. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who he. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember that too. Yeah, I remember that. And so that that could have now. Of course, tonight you got you know you got a couple of guys. Uh, you know, Eflin's been okay for the Phillies, and both of these guys don't have good records against one another. For example, you know, Matt's, Matt Steve Matt's is one and three against the Phillies. You know, and his ERA is over five. Yeah. Zach Eflin is two and four against the Mets, and his ERA against him is five point four zero. So these, neither one of these guys has been locked down for sure against each other. Yeah, but who knows with these what, two teams? Who knows? What, 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 what Matt did the last time he pitched at Citizens Bank? He didn't make it out of the first inning. Exactly. So, but who's, who's, who knows? Bullpen, whose bullpen is worse now? Because like, you see both of these teams. I mean, the Phillies are a disaster. I mean, Robertson's hurt. A couple of their better guys have not been available. I guess you can say that's somewhat of an excuse. But they keep running guys. Out. Now they're bringing up minor league guys who have no business yeah. being here. You know, and then they go that they throw this this guy out over the weekend, and then he can't get anything done. Then the bullpen guy, you know, they're bringing up young guys who obviously should not be pitching at the major league level, and a lot of teams well, are forced to do that yeah. now. Well, a lot of teams. Uh, look, at, look at the division. I mean, look, what a disaster the Nationals uh, bullpen has been, and uh, you look at them just dumping uh, Rosenthal the other day. Yep, e- eating all that money. Uh, you know, I. One thing about the Mets bullpen, you can say this: they have two guys at the back end they, they trust. In uh, now Lugo got knocked around yesterday working in the second inning, but he he's been pretty good before that. And Edwin Diaz, although he hasn't been the stud the Mets thought they were getting, he's still pretty good as you know as that ninth inning guy. So they have at least two guys they can trust. But uh, after that, it, get, it it gets really dicey. And then Degrom, is there any doubt he's the best starting pitcher in baseball? Uh, let's see. You know, I still like Scherzer a lot, but uh, you know what? He's making an argument for Degrom. Yeah, I mean, he's unbelievable. Yeah, no doubt about it. And yeah, you know, again, he gave up a couple run gestures. It's not like he's going to throw shutouts every game, but Degrom to me, yeah. you know, and Syndergaard and Degrom. I mean, that's a pretty good one-two punch when you look at yeah. a team. The Phillies right now, even you know, Jake Arrieta's been up and down. You know, Aaron Nola hasn't really been the same guy he was last year. Nobody knows a lot of home runs, but everybody's giving up home runs. But guys like Nola and Jake. I mean, the Phillies are just absolutely batting practice these days. Nobody's given up more home runs in the National League than the Phillies. It's pretty incredible. Well, one thing I expect in this series, a lot of balls flying out of assistance bank. I mean, the Mets, the Mets have, uh, you look over the last five or six years, they've just raked down here probably more than uh, most teams hitting in that ballpark. Uh, so I would expect a lot of 9-8 games. That's what we like, especially if you're playing yep. fantasy or 13-run pools. Remember there used to be 13-run pools back in the day when we were all gambling oh, yeah. degenerates? Now all of a sudden they're popular again because everybody's scoring 13 runs a night. <laughs> how many 13-run games have we seen put up by teams this year? It's almost like every oh. night there's at least one. The, uh, 
next well, enjoy it this year because next year I, I think the juice ball will disappear next year. I think they should do softballs. I think it would be better and bring back aluminum bats. I think we got to make this game more exciting. The great Mike Puma, ladies and gentlemen. Will there be a throwdown in the Mets clubhouse at Citizens? One good thing I understand, I know this for a fact, the visiting clubhouse at Citizens Bank Park is certainly bigger than the visiting clubhouse at Wrigley Field. So if there's going to be a throwdown with you media guys, you know, and, and Jason Vargas and the managerial staff and everybody else, there'll be plenty of room to roam and plenty of room to throw down there tonight. You know what? I had actually thought about that fact. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the kind of next-level thinking you get on this show. Most other sports guys are talking about ERAs and analytics. I'm talking about the clubhouses and how much, if there's a brawl, how much more room you have here in Philly because Wrigley Field's a million years old. Even though they redid Wrigley and they did a great job, they couldn't make the clubhouses bigger, right? They, they, they made it a little bit bigger. It, it, it's not as bad as it was, but it's, by Major League standards, it's still not good. Now, will you get into it with any Phillies fans here? Because you know the Phillies and Mets fans hate each other. Do the the Philly media hate the New York media? I want to see if maybe there'll be any media on media crime this week. No, no. You know what? The Philly media gets along pretty good with the New York media. (laughs) Jim Salisbury used to write for the Post. He used to cover the Yankees. I know. No, Jim's a great guy. No, I'm just kidding. And I bust Howard Eskin's chops. Because yeah. they always do, because I've known Howard Eskin for almost 50 years now, believe it or not. So anyway, it's going to be fun. So the, the Mets aren't going to be buyers, right? And that's the last question I'll ask you, Mike Puma. You know, we're getting yeah. close to the trading deadline, the All-Star game. Are they going to be sellers? I mean, what do you do? Because they made the big deal. They, got, they made the big deal with Seattle. And apparently, you know, Diaz has been okay. But for the most part, people have been criticizing that offseason maneuver. So you got the GM on the hot seat, or at least being ripped. you got the manager. Are they going to have to make moves, the Mets, or do they just sit there? Are they going to sell or buy or do nothing? Well, I, I think they got to figure it out over the next couple of weeks, but certainly you know, I'm not optimistic that uh, they're, they're going to turn this thing around. They've just kind of been uh, treading water here for a while, so you have to think they'll be sellers, and uh, that starts with a Wheeler, who's a free agent uh, at the end of the year. You look to move him, try and get a position for him. Uh, you know, with Syndergaard possibly can be had uh you know i i think any any of those pitching pieces with the exception of Degrom, uh is a possibility wow well you know they got some good young i mean alonzo's been an unbelievable player so it's not like the cupboard's completely bare well alonzo's been very good and uh, jeff mcneil mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah. a terrific player so it's yep. not a total disaster the phillies believe it or not everybody was talking about them winning the division and they look good and then all of a sudden they can't do anything right I've never seen it. I've seen swoons before. We saw it last year. But, you know, last year's team is not even close when you look at it man for man about what they're throwing out there. But it's just amazing, and I don't know what's going to happen. May the worst team lose, I guess we can say, uh, this series here in in Philadelphia. The Mets and the Philadelphia Phillies tonight, four-game series. Mike, good to catch up with you, man. Thanks so much. Tony, good talking to you again, buddy. The great Mike Puma, ladies and gentlemen. Put your hands together. Good stuff. Breaking down baseball to next levels, right? Absolutely. And, it, and again, as I point out, I have pretty much worked with everybody who's ever worked in any industry. I know, it's crazy. Over the last 50 years. Because I saw Mike Puma writing. I know, I know he's been writing for the New York Post. But then I said, wait, that's the same Mike Puma I work with back in the day. I know him. I know him. Exactly. What? No, I know him. 
Anyway, that's the, the latest on the Phillies and the Mets. Two shit shows going on here in Philadelphia for the price of one. Now, the USA, we mentioned, if you're just joining us, the USA women's national team has advanced to the quarterfinals now. Guess who they'll play next, Robin? I told you this was going to happen when they beat Sweden. Yeah. And then they beat Spain in the knockout round first game. They will be playing the host team, France. Les Français in the next round in the quarterfinals of the U.S. women's national team. I also mentioned that they gave up a goal today. The first goal the U.S. women's national team has given up in their last six games now. So only one goal in six games this team has given up. And now they'll play France Friday, 2 p.m., the start time. So Friday afternoon at 2, the next game, the quarterfinals. Speaking of Friday, yes, we have a decision to make, Tony Bruno. I'm not making any damn decisions today, Robin. Well, you don't have to make it today, but we do have a So last week... We did a day-night doubleheader Correct. on Friday. And they were both fun shows. And Friday night, Very fun the, shows. the wine was flowing. And we had a lot of, music. Different, yes. we had a lot of different people coming on uh, that we don't, we don't normally see during the daytime. And it was so well-received that they're like, oh, please, 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 please continue doing Red Wine Friday. Here, let me... Why don't you... I can, I can mute you while I you're know. doing Well, that. I was turning to the side. I wasn't, like, <laughs> blowing my nose right in the damn microphone, Robin. I have some uh, etiquette. I know, I know. So the question is, now, but we we felt that the day-night doubleheader was a little bit too much for us to handle. No, it wasn't. We, I mean, we, we survived. It oh, wasn't like we I were know. in a coal mine but, break, breaking down anthracite. But we do have a we lot of... We did that yesterday things. up on the roof when we were trying to take tar off. <laughs> I felt like I was in an anthracite almighty. coal I feel like I was back in Scranton in a coal mine. I could not believe how many layers up there... So we'll do an update on the on yes. the uh, let's get a roof update up so, on the roof. But but the decision that we need to make we're not, we're not going to make it today. But no, just so that you know, we are going to make a decision. I don't. We need to do either or. We're not going to do a double header very often, or at least not on a regular. basis. I don't know. We'll let the people decide, Robin. It's not a heart. It's not a hardship for me, because uh, you can see if I'm doing it at seven in the morning, if I'm doing it at midnight, there's no. Intensity level difference. Do I sound like tired and no? The shot shows at the end don't the suffer. That's not it. It's just the rest of our lives when we are trying to get things done. Throughout it's okay, the week. Rob. It's not about our lives. It's <laughs> not do, about that we life. We give up everything. We have given for up you guys. any kind of free time. Speaking, oh, speaking of giving up everything, <laughs> I have to give a major, major shout out to, to Stephen Williams. Who is that, Steve? He, I think he's from uh, um, Colorado. I'm not sure. I think it's he Steve from mention- Colorado who used to call us from Fort Collins all the time and invite I, us to come up there and do shows. I don't know because he didn't mention. Not that he Steve was Williams, from a caddy for uh, for uh, the, the caddy on the PGA Tour, I believe, who once carried the bag for uh, for Tiger Woods. But um, he reached out. He's having a, a couple issues logging on to Twitch, and uh, I have sent it on higher up. Hopefully, he can uh, he'll get the help that he needs because it's regarding the mobile app. And sinking and all that, et cetera, et cetera. Not Steve but, Williams, the caddy who is now on the bag of uh, Jason Day, as I mentioned. Uh, no. Um, He's but, in New Zealand. Um, <laughs> by the way, we've had people from overseas now trying to figure out how they can get on yes, Twitch. Yes, and I have to give a major shout out to Amazon Help Desk. Somebody from the UK who's listening to the show who was trying to link their Amazon Prime account Mm -hmm. with their Twitch account so that they could become a Twitch Prime member. When they clicked on the link, it immediately sent them to the United States Amazon Prime, and they are not members of 
USA Amazon Prime. They're, Wait a minute, the, the Brits have their own they Amazon have their Prime. Own, and so why the hell did we beat them in the war then? Why did we dump all their tea in the harbor in Boston? Everybody has their own <laughs> Amazon Prime because it's the free shipping from wherever they are. And so, long story short, they were having issues. Amazon Help Desk reached out to them, lickety split, and I have to give it out to Amazon Help Desk. I mean, give it up, not give it out. Yeah, I don't want to give out. You got to give it up. I got to give it up. <laughs> I mean, giving it up is hard enough sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> giving it out. And it's kind of hard to give it out. Not give it away, give it away, give it away. But Stephen Williams, back to him, he says that he's been listening to you, Tony, um, in 2010 on Fox Sports Radio uh, when I joined you uh, back in the day. And so the podcast has been keeping him company. He's had some health issues. And um, the podcast throughout the years, and now this show, is keeping him laughing. And he thanks so much. And then he is one of the first people who actually sent us a um, Twitch donation to the show. Oh, there's a donation chat? Not, not, you're not talking about bits now. No, we're not talking bits. Bits you can are the tips throughout the day. But you can also give a straight donation, which is um, through PayPal, but it's all handled through Twitch. Again, it's on the info page. And we want to thank you so incredibly much. And thank everybody, Stephen Trevor Williams. and yes. everybody who's... Uh, you can hear when you hear the little bells in the background. That's people who are actually... Gifting us bits, and we thank everybody for doing it. So you don't, you don't have to put a lot of them. You know, it's a couple of bits here and there and there and everywhere. I, whatever you can uh, do is is appreciated so incredibly much. And um, or as Stephen we like to say, Robin, as the great Red Hot Chili Peppers once sang. You know what this song is, right? Right. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Give it away. Not give it up. Give it away, baby. Give it away. What did you say you were going to do to the Amazon people in Britain? I was going to give it out. Give it out? No, <laughs> give it away. Way, give it away now. Give it out. Every now and then, my dutchiness <laughs> comes through. Give it out or oot? As I say in the NHL draft over the weekend, you give it oot. I give, give it in. I, I say something that's not <laughs> quite right. <laughs> so, yes, um, and and just so that you know, when you see him on Twitch, his name is Steven Java Pro, and we thank him, thank him, thank him. Uber, Uber. Let me lots. give him a roaring round of applause. Yes. I'm going to go a little bit longer because he was very generous with his contribution. Yes, he was. We need to cut that thing down. That no, we don't. Way too long. No, we don't, Robin, because <laughs> I can fade it down and make it sound like a slow fade or uh -huh. a complete abrupt ending. See, I can Boom. just end it. Boom. I want to have too much, not enough. Gotcha. You can always cut it back. You can't make it longer. Ask Lorena Bobbitt. She Ouch. can vouch for that. Ouch. <laughs> you had to go there? Well, I'm thinking what can make longer... What you know? What makes you strong? <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Mike Pumova was fantastic, by the way. I love Mike. You know, he I was just like an entry that. level guy at, at ESPN. So really? I mean, all these people like were board ops, produce. When I say entry level, he wasn't on the air with us. Right. 
And he's not really a guy who wanted to be on the air. He just wanted to cover sports. And then he may, obviously from ESPN, he went mm-hmm. to cover sports in New York, and, he, they, and he's a Met fan, and he got to be a Mets beat writer for the New York Post. It's a pretty good gig. It is a pretty good gig. Until he beats somebody up, and uh, if he does have a pit player beat him up, then he can sue the team, you know, get and a couple retire. million dollars, and then say, screw this crap, <laughs> I'm not following the Mets. And what's interesting to note, Marvin, uh-huh. you know what the anniversary year this is for the New York Mets? Two big anniversaries this year. There's a lot of them. But this year, 19, this year 2019, uh-huh. historic. The 50-year anniversary of the moon landing yes. on July 20th, that's 50 years ago. Which I'm old people, enough to remember it as a kid when it happened. And some people are still claiming that it was a hoax. I know. And we are watching a fantastic show on TV. It's on a Science Channel, which on, I watch more than any other channel. Right. When I'm not watching sports, I'm locked into the and Science Channel. It is really breaking it down to the needy-greedy, as they say, whether it is a hoax or not, whether it could possibly be a hoax or not. Listen, I, Mike Barra, who's the conspiracy theorist, right. although he has science knowledge, I mean, he's right. not just a conspiracy right. theorist. Mean, he's, he's not wearing a tinfoil hat. It's not about politics. He likes to get evidence to prove things happen. And it's um, he, together with two other guys, one is a former... Uh, astronaut, astronaut. Who was on the... Uh, on the, uh, the uh, the space, the space station, right. the International Space Station, and multiple times. He did two tours up there on the space, mm-hmm. the International Space Station. Yeah, what's his name again? Leland. Uh, I should remember his last name. Leland is his first name, and then there's an FBI agent. They're doing this right. investigative series on whether or not the moon landing was staged. And you know, just like the Earth is flat, there's some people who believe it. But each week on the show, I know. they're getting more evidence. So I was under the I was I I was like kind of fifty fifty prior to watching the two episodes that I've seen so far. That I was like, you know, I I could see uh, the United States faking it, considering all the different things that were at stake during that time with Russia and yeah, it was a, it was a race so to was space. Like, you know, it was I, a race to land on because John F. Kennedy said. You know, we will have a man on the moon before the end of the, uh, the, the, the decade. Right. And, and so, that's what he, and it was 1969, 50 years ago. Next month, we'll celebrate it. We'll do a whole moon show. We'll go out for a moon dance. I mean, there's so many great moon songs. Drink some moonshine. We'll drink some moon. We'll go to moonshine. Yeah. But um, you know what? Moonshine should be a big night on July I 20th. It should. The 50th anniversary. But I mentioned the other big anniversaries. The 1969 Miracle Mets won the World Series ah. that year, 50 years ago. How about that? So there's a lot of things. Bobby Bonilla got the best contract in baseball. That wasn't in 69, but but that's amazing. 50 years. Big anniversary, Robin. What is that? Silver? Is that the golden anniversary? What's the silver 50, anniversary? 50 is gold, isn't it? I don't know. What do I look like? I only know I only know the first couple. Paper, tin. With some of the other, <laughs> yeah. I was married for 30 well, years. Most people don't make it beyond I, I, like I made 10. it 30, Robin. And for that, I got to give wood. myself a roaring round of applause. My personal first. favorite is the wood anniversary. Which one's the wood anniversary? <laughs> and you said it said I we, would instead of I do. Or and then I'm going to give myself one of these as well. Yeah, I think I think it is gold. golden anniversary. Yeah. 50 years. I saw it on a gold medal flower bag once. Gold medal is 50 years, or if you win the Olympics, or if you get a participation. Uh, yeah, how about this? I'm already a big fan of Moons Over My Hammy at Denny's. Ah, you know that yes. breakfast they have Moons Over like My Hammy? Uh, D. Conrad, <laughs> Tony, detain Robin in handcuffs like last night. Well, we didn't hey, go, we didn't go full a, hand. Do you have a 
camera in there? I lost the key. We couldn't do it. I didn't want to have to call the police to let her out. <laughs> I, went, I didn't want to call the guy in India, too, because he couldn't get out of his, unfortunately. Yes, and we should invite Warren Moon to the party. Warren Moon's going to be at the yeah. party, right? Moon yeah. Unit Zappa. Is she still around? Remember, uh, that's one of, uh, what's his name? Frank Zappa's, Frank Zappa's kid. kids. Moon Unit Zappa. Wasn't she singing, too? Yes. She was an actress. She was a singer. Can you do a search for Moon Unit Zappa right now? Warren Moon. Who else? Uh, let's see. Well, they Anthony Munoz. So Moon Zappa was the daughter of the Moon Ahmed, Unit. Diva Zappa. Diva Zappa. But Moon Unit, not just Moon. It was yes. Moon Unit Zappa, Robin. Get it straight. Warren uh, Moon. I would say Anthony Munoz, even though his name's not Moon, we call him Moon. Yes. It's a nickname. Does he count? I would think so. He's a so. Hall of Famer. He's in. Andy Kaufman, don't <laughs> So we are already planning for the big 50th anniversary of the lunar landing. Beautiful. Let's see. Moon Zappa. I think yeah, Bob from Valley Forge nails it. You asked about wood, because there's always anniversaries like paper, mm-hmm. plastic, which you can't have anymore because it's polluting the right. world. Don't you give wood the entire first year? After that, she starts having headaches. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> All right, I have a moon moon unit zappa update. update. Let's go to the unit, moon unit desk and your correspondent, a woman who was up near Uranus last night, Miss Rob. <laughs> God, Tony. The uh, wow. The last album that she collaborated. I want to know if she's first alive. Is she alive? She's alive. Okay, so she's alive. Moon unit zappa is alive. She is fifty-one years old. It's still in the, she's in the ballpark, so to speak. Um, she is the author of the novel American the Beautiful, published in 2001, and she has been writing for the New York Times currently. And the last... Did she change it, her name, or is she still known as no, U- Moon still, Unit Zappa? She just go by Moon Zappa now. Moon Zappa. She took the unit out? She took the unit out. Well, a lot of guys have taken their unit out, and unfortunately what happened to them, absolutely nothing. You know what I'm saying? So there you have it. Soleil Moon Fry, remember her? Know? That's Gabuno's storage unit with another one. Soleil Moon Fry. Oh, that's right. She she was she's a, a cutie patootie, or she was. Andre Bad Moon Rising. Did you know that Zappa's dad was Sicilian? Frank, Frank Zappa? Zappa? Yeah, of course. He's a Sicilian. Of course he is, Robin. That's why I know all my that's my Frank Zappa knowledge spilling out here on the I show. I thought it was like a Greek thing. No. Sicilian. Wally Moon, the former St. Louis Cardinal great. There's a lot of people named Moon. But it has to be the real name. It can't be a nickname. I love Anthony Munoz, and I call him Moon. But you can't have somebody whose nickname is Moon, can you? Mm. I don't think so. Bruno's storage unit's really been active. Yes, they have. And it's been locked for months, and nobody's been in there. So that's a good job out of the the storage unit, (laughs) if there's stuff even in there. I'm just hoping somebody broke in. Not Julie Chen, Moonvez. Or Les Moonves, the CBS yeah. guy got run See, out of there. That doesn't, See, that's not work. good. No, it has to be it's moon. It's got to be moon. moon. It's got to be moon in there. Moon over, over my hammies is pretty good, though, but yes. that's just a breakfast item. Meanwhile, let's get back to the business here, Robin. We have updates, which yes, I need to prepare for, so you have to kind of give me a. All right, so we gave you the, the, US, the U.S. women win. They're, they're going to play France on Friday. We got to do this uh, wow. good parenting update. Because every time we do a Florida update, it's always about bad parenting, right? It's either some, some kid does something stupid, some parent does something stupid, some kids with their parents do something stupid together. It's always bad news in Florida, right, on our Florida updates. 
And we don't look for bad news. We're a positive show. We're always looking for positive things, not negative shit. And so we finally found a positive story today. And coincidentally, it's from the great state of Florida. It's a dad and his daughter. Dear Casey, my daughter likes to wear really, 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 really short shorts. shorts. But dad says, hey, listen up, hon. I don't think he called his daughter hon. Now we have the uh, the music. I'll, I'll have the music okay. accompaniment here. The uh, music to accompany this story. But let me give so you the fantastic. breaking news update, and then we'll go into it. Let me give you the opening to the show right okay. now. Ladies and gentlemen. Down to Florida. We welcome you to the sunshine state. Still don't know the words of that damn line. Right? Kicking back and soaking up the rays. Every day in Florida. Hello. Hello. Now, I love stories like this where a parent uses humor to humor to get their point across to children who just don't get it. Who exactly. just don't get it. So Jason Hilly. Hilly. Is the dad's name. Dad of a young teenage girl. And he was not too pleased about a certain pair of clothing that his daughter enjoyed wearing over and over again, which was short shorts. How short are we talking? Are we talking about hot pants era short? Are we talking about NBA men's bottoms short yes, short, we Dr. Are, J era? we are talking about, you know, where the butt hangs out short shorts. Oh, you mean that they're not made that way? They just pull them up? Um, I'm not sure, but they were too short. Because I haven't seen the daughter. There were two. Sh- I mean, she's young. You know, she's how young, young is she? Um, I'm she legal at least? No, no. This is she's she's high school, junior high, well, high you, school you know age. What they or say about like them that. high school girls, Robin. No, you, know you what don't. They say no, no. It's creepy, Tony. That's no, they have to be. They have to be eighteen or over to but participate. It, so his daughter Kendall, fourteen years Boy, old. Boy, that's too young. Yeah, way too young. So his daughter, who's fourteen, is wearing. These short shorts. But exposing shorts. Exactly. That's and an outrage. dad, not happy about it, and she just says, Dad, you just don't understand. Yeah, I know. I hear I it. Mean, well, I don't hear that anymore. So what does dad do? What does he do? He decides to show his daughter what it feels like to be embarrassed by a family member. Do we have um, tape? We do have tape, and let me play this for you right now. And I think that this was a brilliant way for him to get his point across Please let there not be a commercial right now. Hold on a second. I'm actually going to put this Let's on. Let's go to the tape. Meanwhile, I'll have some musical accompaniment for this song, as only we do on this program. Let's see if it actually plays. Oh, of course there's a commercial. So, I have my music queued up. Let me start this so that you can get it underway. Robert. Yes. You have this down as well. Can you turn my machine back up, please? There we go. I immediately thought of this song when I heard it. This is doo-wop, back when you can uh, insult Italians like you can today and nobody really cares because Italians don't care. This is doo-wop from back in the 1950s. Let's kick it back to the royal teens who grew up to be royal pains in the asses, actually, from teenage days. So I actually have it up here, Tony, so I'm going to turn this down, and we are going to Keep go. that on. Uh, is, there, is there talking There's in this? talking. Oh, so right, this, like- is, this is... <laughs> The laughter starts as soon as Jason Hilly walks into the room. Those short shorts on Dear Old Dad, to make a point. I feel humor brings more meaning to discipl- disciplinary than 
yelling and screaming and all that. His 14-year-old daughter had shorts that he felt showed too much daughter, so he put on his own. I will pick you up in school every day with these on if you don't put them on. And asked her to join him to model each pair. <laughs> she has a pair of short shorts, and I need to get my point across. I will wear a pair of short shorts. So, you know, kind of a little tit for tat on the, short, on the uh, clothing idea. Dad. The thinking is that neither would like the other short shorts. It worked. I understand it. I mean, I think the short shorts was a surprise. I didn't really think that he would do that, but I think that he got his point across, and I understand it very well now. From someone in Germany wanting to put it out, uh, Kenya, um, Australia. The way the video spread surprised him big time. Or, oh my gosh, this video has 30 million views, you're famous now. <laughs> when the video started rocketing around the world, there were a few people who commented that perhaps Hilly was shaming his daughter. Something he never intended, something she never felt. She'll be the first to tell you, I do not shame my kids. We just have a lot of fun together and laugh. We laugh at each other. I found it so ridiculous because we were just having fun with it and people just come in and just start hating on it for no reason when there was nothing to hate on. A lifetime memory. In Orange County, Dave McDaniel, West 2 News. I'm getting teary-eyed now. It's awesome. That, that's great parenting right that there. That is fantastic. And you can see that the daughter is laughing along with uh, this. Let me play. And... Let's prank it back up again here, Ryan. we got to get back to the song, the appropriate song for this. Always appropriate. Yeah, D. Conrad LV does point out that his, his shorts were shorter than hers. It's all right. Although she might have had other shorts that were even now, shorter. Now, I couldn't too. see any of this. Were they shorter than my boy shorts that I used to wear on tropical beaches and outside of the country? No, about the same. That's, yeah, see, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm wearing it in the, in the Gulf of Mexico and in the Caribbean. I'm not wearing it in the... Although I would bust them out, the boy shorts here, when I open the fire hydrant one day this week when it gets back into the 90s and high humidity. Uh-huh. I mean, that's what you're supposed to do. Now, her, I have to say, her shorts in that video, in that particular video, uh -huh. were not that short. They weren't? I, th I didn't actually, see it. I think you I'm know what we have to do? Can we cast the, uh, the show on that screen, too, so I can see the videos without having to turn around? I have a crook in my neck. I may be developing a horn, I think, from turning around so I, much. I can do that. Just not right this second. No, I know. I'm saying okay. that now that there's not a game on, I don't really care about the I Sweden be, game. I might be able to do that. Um, Your mom may be watching the Sweden game coming up after the U.S. won today 2-1 over Spain. I don't really care about consolation games. Get those Swedish blondes out of my face. Or actually get them in my face and off my TV. That I would be much more preferable. Thank you. So I think my shorts that I have on right now are shorter. Might, no, might be that same length that she had on. I just have a feeling she has other shorts that she didn't put on for the video that were even shorter. As Burton Gus points out, 91. I mean, I'm sorry, Burton Gus. It won't stop her. She'll be dressing like she's on K and A again by next week. That's a, an intersection here where women dress. It could be in any neighborhood in the country where there's that one corner where ladies like to get all tightened up. They don't all have to wear shorts. They could be real skin-tight yoga pants, shiny... Hot pants. Hot pants. They could be full-length latex, spandex, uh -huh. lycra, anything that accentuates. And I want to thank whoever invented yoga pants for making the job of males to determine whether or not, from the waist down, things were all taking care of business. Now, Tony, did you ever do anything on purpose to like humor wise or embarrass your kids to make a to get a point across uh well the one time they were i you know we, we had our own firewood because i lived out in the country we uh -huh. had trees 
And one time my kids were cutting down, because my kids, my two boys especially, because I did a lot of work around the house. Yeah. And my boys grew up, you know, building decks with me. And we didn't know. I mean, I wasn't a carpenter, but we did it. And we didn't have YouTube back then, by the way, in the 80s and early yeah. 90s. So we did everything. I got family handyman. So I said, let's build a multiple decks over the back of our first. We had a concrete slab poured uh-huh. right off the back porch. My uncle Vince and I, we poured a concrete slab. Because, you know, Italians, they were Exactly. You got to bring out the concrete. <laughs> that was a big ass slab. And then I built a, a Florida room, we call it a sunroom. We, it's a multi purpose. It's not one with just screens where you can't use it in the window, in the winter, in the winter. Because a lot of people build screen porches. Right, right. And then when the weather gets cold, they can't yeah, go out there. They can't go out. So I put the aluminum, I put the windows in. The and you had insulated, a hot tub in there, Had a right? hot tub in there, had a stove, nice. wood-burning stove. So we would go out and cut our own firewood with down trees. So I had a chainsaw, and then I had a block where you would split the, uh, mm-hmm. split the wood. So one day, my son, they were young. They were, you know, 12, 13 years old. And they were like, oh, let me cut the wood. I said, no, let me, have, let me cut that one. Because they couldn't hit it because it was still too... It was still too green, so it wouldn't split easily. Okay. So he was trying to split. My my younger son was trying to split it, and I grabbed it and I went over there and tried to split it, and I hit the corner of my left no, thumb. You did yes, not. I did, and I actually severed the one corner ah. of my left thumb. Not a lot of it, just the left corner. And I picked the piece up. I screamed like a banshee, and then I stuck it back on immediately and taped it up, and it healed back into position. If you want to look at it real close. You can see it. I still have no feeling in that corner of my thumb, but if you, you put it back, no stitches. Off your finger. I chopped off the corner of my t- of my thumb, not my just a finger. How wait? How is this? So th- so this was teaching them a lesson by showing them what not to do. Exactly. I told them, let me do it. You guys are kids. You know you shouldn't be trying to swing it. So I was I wasn't mad or anything. I just missed because it was a hard piece of wood yeah, that should yes. not have even been attempted to. You got you got to wait for it to dry, and so I. Trying to teach my sons how to split wood properly, split the cut the thumb off. That's a man right there. That I, I was like a hockey player. I just slapped that baby right on, washed it off, Tape put the up. other piece back on, and you would never. Robin didn't know this until recently. I know. I, but if you look at it, you can see it. But it's nice and clean. It's smooth. I didn't have to get stitched up. It doesn't look like Frankenstein. So that's one of the lessons I try to teach my kid. You didn't get gangrene. No, I didn't. Although I did join. Uh, Civil War Gangly. surgery. Then how, so I you spit on doing... it a little bit. I rubbed a little dirt on it, and then I uh, slapped it on. So uh, you did that. <laughs> how come you gave me such a hard time when I wanted to operate on myself on my toe? Because that wasn't an operation. This was an actual body part that was removed from my hand. <laughs> all you had, you dropped something, and you had all that pus inside your nail that you there dropped the can on. There was no pus. It was, was just There's all kinds blood. of nasty, not Damn superb. It. There's all kinds of juices in there, and none of them were superb juices. Wrong. Ridiculous, man. No, I used to. I, I, my kids and I, we had a very <laughs> similar type of, uh, or we still do, type of a relationship where we're constantly just joking around with each other. And um, just recently, my son Christian, who works for uh, Helium Comedy, yes, he's an um, assistant manager there now. Um, he's moved up in the food chain. When my mother was visiting, she asked him. She said, "Have you ever thought about going up on stage?" And he said, oh, "I don't know. I don't know." And I, I told him, "I said, come on, Christian. I mean, they say that comedy stems from uh, your childhood." And like, yeah, that's what most comics right. are telling stories about right. their own life and 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 pain and suffering. And I said, Christian, I've given you so much material over the years. Why would you have like an entire repertoire just on your mother alone? And he goes, oh, great. Now you want to take credit for that, too? (laughs) So, yes. Exactly. 
Uh, and so, of course, T-Con. David Conrad, so much for lunch. There wasn't a bloody gory story. It was a manly man story. I said I just I cut my finger part off. It was just a little, just a tip. And you just put just it back a tip on? for just a second. And I did what it, most men would have been crying and say, well, what am I going to do? Rush I to saved hospital. it. I didn't rush it. I never went to the hospital. <laughs> Save the tip for just a second. I, you know, I did the old thing when you used to you know, play kids would play baseball. I just, just shake it off. Spit on it. Spit, you know, you spit on that thing. <laughs> suck it. Suck it. <laughs> it was a rusty, uh, it was a rusty, uh, a rusty axe, <laughs> a rusty axe. Yeah. Not, not a rusty trombone. I got that yeah. later, unfortunately. Meanwhile, let's get back to the business. We gave you the uh, short, short story. Yes. We got a couple of animal stories today, too. We do. You know it we love animals be, on this show. It, it seems to be an animal sensation Monday. <laughs> uh, so I don't know which one you want to do first or if you want to wait a little bit for that. But we do have several. Several. How about phone calls? We haven't given out the phone number today, oh Robin. Oh, my goodness. What the hell's the matter with you? And we haven't thanked all of our people that are watching on um, on Twitch and on Periscope and on YouTube and on Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. We want to remind everybody. I know th- this is not going to go on forever. I know it seems like it is, but it's not going to go on forever. Because... Well, the show usually goes on forever, according to many of the listeners at the end. But um, the the unless you were on Twitch, at some point you are going to get cut off, oh. like Tony's finger, like Tony's thumb. Um, Just imagine a really not too sharp axe, and you're trying to cut a piece of firewood. So if you are listening on Facebook, we get thank out. you. We're get glad out. that you found us. But now you need to make the switch to Twitch. Get out! You need, need to go to the Twitch app either on your computer or on your app and download it for free. Follow Bruno Nation live. And then you will forevermore be able to find us and you'll be able to join the chat room. Um, so, and, and if you're watching on Periscope, on Twitter, the same thing. Just make the switch to Twitch. Exactly. It doesn't cost you nothing. And follow, 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 follow. And you can do so many different things on Twitch that you are not able to do when you are watching us or listening to us elsewhere. Um, I also you- have a really big story today from the Supreme Court. I will put on my my your powdered judge. wig. I'll put on my powdered and wig and my robe, my black robe. And I will give you a major Supreme Court ruling today. This is legit. Yes. However, this Supreme Court ruling is one you will not hear or see. No, you will not. Anywhere or, on mainstream media. At least not, on, not the full story. Not like this. No. no. Then, there's no way anybody can report on this story. Yeah. On any network. They can't even any spell radio. it out. They can online. They can online. This is where I got the story. And it happened today. But wait, before I'm not going to do it. I'm just okay. telling you, it's a story that you cannot hear because of what the, the the subject matter. But because we have, we are not held down by yes. FCC regulations. It's not about profanity. It's not about titillation. This is. It's not just about news. nudity. This, this is, is a real news story. It was a Supreme Court ruling issued today, and I will have the specifics. Yes. I'll even read the like the uh, the majority opinion from Justice Elena Kagan. On but this show. Um, That's which coming brings up. us to our call-in. We do have phones. Let's open Thanks up the phone lines. Thanks to AJ right. in San Antonio. So let's open the phone lines right now. We want to hear from you whether you have questions, comments, if you want to rant, if you want to you know, give us crap for whatever, exactly. if you don't agree with us. Call in right now at 215-462-TONY. That's 215-462-8669. 
the lines are open and what you will and hear. And operators are not standing by. It's just <laughs> Robin right now. And, uh, yes. So you're going to go and we're going to go live. Yeah. So you're not, you're, as soon as, uh, I, I'm not even going to answer the phone. I'm just going to put you live right away. And um, I don't know how that works, but you'll be able to hear us. We will not be able to hear you until we say, hey, Hello. you're on the line. Hello. Hello, Houston. So again, 215-462-TONY. Phone lines are open right now, and uh, no one will call you back later on on your line from a, uh, what do you call those, a boiler room no. to try to sell you anything. No, this is not one of those types of phone lines. It's not a, like an 800 number where we collect all your phone numbers. And, exactly. And, we're not sending and it to Google you. or we're not uh, sending it to what's-your-face in front of us. It's so annoying how many fake calls I get throughout the day. Every day. It's I don't even answer them. I just see if they're a legit call, I'll get them on the voicemail. If I don't recognize the number, and that's pretty much 90% of my calls, I'm not answering it. Robin answers every one, and then she has to go through And then they have her, and then when you answer the phone call. No, they have your number they anyway. know. No, they don't. They're, a lot of these are blind calls. They're just calling numbers. They don't know who you are. Once you answer the phone, they now know that you answered the phone call and you are a real person. So then they will continue to call you from different numbers to try to get you to buy something or get your personal information. That's the problem with those things. You're not going to get fake text message group chats. That is correct. Burton Gus said, I'd love to hear the Indian IRS scammer guy call in. That was <laughs> what, where, where they... Oh, uh, the guy who called... The phones are ringing, Robin. The phones. As they say. The phones are ringing. The phones... We will have a Wonder Pets update today, too, believe it or not. It is one of our two animal updates on the day. Yes. And we have another hour to get this stuff going right here into the program. So let's go. Are we getting ready to go to the phones? Let's go to the toilet paper. I need some right now. Hello? Well, I'm just asking you to bring some over. Toilet paper? What kind? Do you like the rippled? Wait. Do you like the one-ply? Do you like two-ply or one-ply? Oh, Lord, I am so sorry. It's just I haven't spoken to anyone in such a long time. Please stay on the line with me. I, I, I don't want to lose anyone else. No, no, okay. It's all okay. It's only toilet paper. So Luckily, Robin and I buy it by the by, by the. Could you case. come over and take care of me? Absolutely. Uh, I'll have I'll put well, you on why hold. Why would you say that to an old lady? Well, because uh, you want me to help you with toilet paper. we got plenty of toilet paper. We buy more toilet what paper than anybody else in the oh, Delaware well, Valley. Can you at least tell me a story or a funny joke? I told I you a story a little while ago. I told Please. you. I, I just gave you a short, short update from Florida. <sighs> put them on hold, and I'll see if I can help her later. Okay. I'm about helping people, Robin. <laughs> that was good because I love I when the phone calls already in progress. I know. When you answer a call. I thought it was the Jerky Boys. I just read about the Jerky Boys last week because uh -huh. everybody loved. Because, you know, Frank Rizzo is one of the characters in the Jerky Boys. Those guys were multimillionaires back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. They really made the whole prank call and all these other yeah. shows like, uh, it, what is it, Im Impractical Jokers and all these other shows. Punked. All these shows basically ripped off the Jerky Boys were a couple of guys from New York City who would prank call people, record it. They did albums. They made a movie about these right. guys. And when we played the Frank Rizzo drops from last week about you're a crumb bum, one of the characters from the Jerky Boys was, was a guy, guy who called himself Frank Rizzo. He was a car mechanic. And then the other guy, who was, I believe, from Bangladesh, he did the Egyptian magician. These guys, they broke up. They're not doing anything anymore. Right, there was a, they had a falling out. Yeah, right? they had an because they, they, you know, what happens? You do something for a long time. 
and then you get sick of each other. And then you prank call the other guy and say, I've had enough of you, and then you try to see if he remembers who you are. But anyway, that's what happened to the Jerky Boys. But they influenced so many people in the comedy world. You know who, you know who else was, you know who was heavily influenced by the Jerky Boys? Who? Jimmy they, Kimmel, I know, did something similar to yeah, the, but that, the Jerky that's, Boys. Those, those were ripped, but the guys who actually give him credit. Seth MacFarlane gave the Jerky Boys credit for a lot of the stuff that he did. Uh, Schumer, Amy Schumer was a big fan yeah, of the yeah. Jerky Boys. These guys were legendary. Hey, Tony. Yes. You know what time it is? What time is it? Mail time. Oh, we got mail? Yes. Mail's here. Come on. Here's the mail. It never fails. It makes you want to whack. Yes, Sal Rosenberg, Frank Rizzo. I love the Egyptian magician, though. Yes, we have an Amazon package, not a box. Can we still say? Uh, what's in the box? If it's a, if it's a package, it's one of those envelopes. Works. I think it still works. Is it? A, it does it? Is it? Uh, does Would the envelope have the, the? What do you call it inside? Here, the bubble you, wrap. Do you want to open it, Tony? Let me open the package today. Uh, you can be the, the one. Box? This is the Amazon. It's got the smiley face on it. Does it say who it's from? This is from uh, somebody, Andy. Andy, I think it's Andy Boy. Andy, oh, Andy Boy out there in, uh, in Salinas? I think that that's his handle, Andy Boy. No, this isn't from Andy. No. It's from Andy Is Boy. Is it from Andy Boy? Yes, it was on the Amazon wish list, and boom! This was on the Amazon wish list? Yes. I'm going to pump you up. It's a, wa- it's a submersible water pump, yes. just what I've been looking for. It's amazing. Let me see if this bitch pumps me up. Now, for those of you who do not know... Uh, we have been working on an aquaponic system yes. uh, in the back where uh, I, I we started off because I saw an old bird cage out on the street and I went. Yeah, ah, not not the remakes of the bird cage I, the many times. I know exactly what to do with that, and so we ended up making a little pond in the back patio, very small. And we put in uh, twelve fish last year. We only lost two during an entire, including a w- winter where the entire the pond was frozen over. like three inches thick. I don't know how they freaking survived, but uh, we needed a larger pump, pump to... How many GPHs is on this baby? Let's see, so, this is, uh, is this the A1, this A1000, so it's, it's, uh, it's not too big, which is good. And what does it pump? It uh, pumps... Uh, it pumps up, that's all we know. I know it pumps you up. <laughs> Everything does. So I want to know you. how many gallons per hour, though. Thank you, Andy Boy. Uh, I don't know your real last name, but I'm assuming your first name really is Andy, uh, for giving us one of the items on the Amazon wish list. If anybody else is out there that would like to uh, support the show by going on our Amazon wish list, you can find it on the info page. It's right there, and you just order something off of there, and And it gets sent to us, and boom. And it came really, really fast, because you know where this came from, Robin? Where did it come from? Let me give you one guess. No, not New York, not New Jersey, not Connecticut, not Florida, not California, not Wyoming. It came from, I'm trying to get the label of the barcode off. It came all the way from Shenzhen City, Huangdong Province, Philadelphia. (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you so much. No, thank you. This is awesome. They They make everything in China now. As long as it's a quality item, and it's guaranteed. I'm well, when good. I put it up on the Amazon wish list, it uh, showed that this was very well reviewed. Beautiful. 
everybody loved it. So our little fishies should be very happy. And well, our we plants- have we have filtration. I just needed a second pump because I have the. We've created an in the. We, it, we have a pre-filter. Briny Baird asked what kind of fish. We just have goldfish right yeah, now. Because goldfish are koi. I'm not going out and buying $1,000 koi. When I had my bigger three-pump system in my previous home, which I didn't get in the divorce, we had three filters, a waterfall, and a gig- I made it out of a gigantic Tupperware box, you know, the mm-hmm. big ones. Yeah. So it was major filtration, and the water was always clean. And then but you got we the have balls. a smaller. We got the bio balls. We got all that stuff. So we bought koi in that pond. And then they would reproduce when mm-hmm. you have a big pond of a couple right. hundred gallons. And then you would add goldfish to it. And the goldfish, the bigger the tank they're in or the bigger the pond, mm-hmm. they get big based on the size. Because they eat voraciously. Yes, they and do. And so regular goldfish, if you get the fancy ones with the cool tails, they will actually become koi. They're like bobo koi. But they're not like the expensive right. koi. Because goldfish are Koi are goldfish. They're just right. different varieties now, of them. we, because we were testing it out and we didn't really know if they would survive, we got the Bobo Bobo koi fi- or uh, goldfish. They're just the regular feeders. <laughs> yeah, but they're big we now. See, they're nice. We, we but they have them. nice coloration. So yeah. the bigger they get, the more they'll look like regular koi. And now they come up to the top like koi when you feed right. them. At first, they were skittish. This is the second year. Well, yeah. I mean, they were feeder fish. They were afraid for their lives because they were in a big tank with turtles. And these turtles were voracious. They were just eat, like, there was like a thousand co- uh, goldfish in this big tank. Yes. And two turtles. And turtles would just like. Yeah, they would put the turtles in there just to go and eat whatever yeah. they can. Yeah. And we bought them, what, 10 for like $1.75? <laughs> I don't even think it was that much. So, I mean, it was fun. And, and the fact that they lived because you have to have filtration. And you got to feed them and take care and make sure the water's clean. Good pH and all that other yes. stuff. Thoroughbred 1004. Tony, walking sports almanac, mm-hmm. famed DJ extraordinaire, mm-hmm. modern medicine savant, and most importantly, a world-renowned Mac-in-the-hose pimp scholar. You get it all here. Exactly Beautiful. right. Hey. What can I say? You just try different things. And you know what happens when you try different things, Robin? Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Exactly. Hey, you know, you, you take it, you leave it. And you know, as soon as the show's over, well, actually, I actually have to go back on the roof now. We I have know. a dilemma. We have to we do, do a roof update. <laughs> the roof isn't so on mad. fire. But so last year, Robin and I purchased one of those tubular lights. You've seen those. They're skylights. Not the old-fashioned skylights in the old houses where you pull chain and one door opens up and it's slanted. And then there's a lot of different skylights. But now the cool skylights, and we don't have one that opens. We just want light to be in a room that doesn't have any windows. So our office used to have a window, which we knocked out to make into a closet and make that whole room area, that whole outside area, now an inside closet. So we put the roof on last year and did all that. But then we want, we want more light in the room. So we have a ceiling fan with a light. I have my other light over the desk so I can see. But you have those tubular lights, which you see everywhere now. They're just tubes. There's nothing. There's no electricity. All it is is a tube on top. It goes down through your roof into the room, and then there's a reflective piece of glass that goes over a dome at the bottom. And that's where the natural daylight comes in, and you would think somebody's turned on a major light. And so whatever it's light out, you're going to have really good light in the room with these tubular rooms. And they're not that expensive. So since we're good and handy at doing this stuff, we, I said over the weekend when the Phillies were getting blown down, hey, I'm going to go up on the roof. Let's put this damn uh, tube in exactly. so we get light in the office so we can finish the office project. Because, you know, you start projects and then you, there's a couple of things you got to finish off and you put them off. 
So I painted the, the rest of the brick wall over the weekend from last year, which I didn't finish. I painted that up with this good Alesso Maastricht paint, finished that. Then said, let's put the damn skylight in. So we go inside the room, pick out the spot between the two joists, cut the hole on the inside, which was easy. We made a circular hole, 10-inch hole, and cut it. That was easy. I thought that the next piece of material we would see would be the roof sheathing. No. What they did is actually put a two-by-four from the previous roof, inside roof ceiling, and then that is lath and cement and, and plaster which is the worst thing to work with when you're trying to cut a perfect hole. Yeah. So I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be easy. I got, you know, it's just going to be sheetrock. And it wasn't. It was lath. So now you're trying to cut it with a reciprocating saw past the three inches between the actual real ceiling now, which is sheetrock, and the existing ceiling, which is lath. The, you know, the wood strips that have this, you know, that's what they used to use before there was sheetrock. They used lath. And it was a solid, solid surface. But when you have to try to cut it, it's, it's just ridiculous because if the, if the wood slats don't end at the right place, you're trying to cut it, they all shake. So anyway, that was a pain in the ass. We finally get that out. Then we had to go and cut through and make a hole through the roof from inside, find the center, go up through the roof, and then go up on the roof and then make the hole there, and then we could slide the tube in to put this in. So I get my long drill, and I stick it up there, and I'm like, this thing's going forever. How, how much, how thick could this be? It's just sheathing and then roof paper, because it's not a, it's not a, uh, it's, it's a flat roof that has tar paper, old school tar paper. You know, it's, it's, it's still made with asbestos, not asbestos, fiberglass. Nobody uses asbestos anymore. So you figure, you, when you put a new roof down on a flat roof, you put down the sheathing just like you do on a pitched roof. And then on a pitched roof, you put down the felt, the paper, whatever you want to put down on it to protect the wood. And then you put the sheathing and you put the shingles, right. which go in, in, and most houses use shingles, exactly. whether they're wood, whether they're, you know, they could be metal. But we have a flat roof. So anyway, I go through all the way through, and I said, all right, I'm going to go on the roof now and start cutting it out. But I saw how thick the surface was when I pulled the drill out. It was six inches It is unbelievable. How so now on the top, disgusting. I cut the paper where I have to cut it, the first layer, and then I start trying to cut the stinking tar paper. And literally, I'm not, I'll take a picture of it this afternoon. It's literally five inches of paper on top of paper on top of paper on top of paper on top of the sheathing. So Robin and I are up there almost till dark last night trying to get that damn tar paper out all the way down. And it's not just cut it and take it out. We had to use a chisel and a hammer because we knew we were going to have to hit wood eventually. So we weren't worried about damaging everything. We just wanted to get down, down, down to the flat surface. I did not cut my hands off. I did not cut my thumb. But it was a lot of work. We were up there. We filled up an entire bag of tar paper and tar paper that's been up there probably for 50 years at least. Because as we got down closer to the wood, the paper become the uh, tar paper became more difficult to chip out. Because it because was it older was, and older and older. Exactly. And I think at the, the very bottom layer, I think, was originally just pitch. Yes, exactly. Not pitch. Not bitch. And unfortunately... It was pitch, bitch. And that's what I was saying a lot. As we, as we, we got another layer... And then you couldn't even use an exacto no. knife and what to it, cut the around a circle and then been, pull it up. It should have been that it was so compressed that it turned into freaking diamonds and yes. it would have made it worthwhile, but it did not. It was compressed and shit. Yes, it was. So finally, so I get my reciprocating saw, and I'm trying to cut through the middle of the hole to cut through the tar, 
And then it almost burned out my reciprocating saw because it was so thick and it ruins the blades. So anyway, we just were chiseling away and we finally got it down to the wood. But then I said we, we couldn't finish it last night. So we had to cover it up and luckily it's not going to rain because if it rains, we're screwed. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, your home improvement roof tubular tile. It was totally tubular, man. Tubular skylight installation. Robin took some video yesterday. We're going to take video when we go back up on the roof to get the whole thing done. And I'll show you the difference in light without a and tubular so, light well, and, and this with is, a tubular light. Here's the problem is we have a freaking hole in the roof. And so on the outside of the box of this skylight, it says oh, clearly that it is a flat roof model. And that's what, I, that's what Robin said. Right. So then I take it out and I said, Robin... This isn't a flat roof. And then I read... Tube, it's the top. It's right. the actual cone that goes over the, the top. The flashing thing. And the so flashing. Then, so then I read, it says, good for all roof types. And I'm like, well, maybe this is... And even though this no. is... So needless to say, we'd gone through all of this work, and now we have a hole in the roof, and I double-checked, which obviously I should have done way earlier, as soon as before we put the hole in the roof, but it said that it was the flat roof model, and it's not, and now we're So screwed. all we really need is the shroud, the final the, piece, the, the final which is not flashing. on an angle because that would work. And I kept saying, see, Robin, this is uh, not going to work on this roof. I know. You keep telling me it's a flat roof cowling, and I said, no, it's not. Not AJ cowlings. I, like, I triple-checked the outside of the box. It says, flat roof, flat roof. And, and I was so hoping this whole thing would be finished yesterday before no. darkness. It would be really tubular. And now we have a hole in the roof and there's no rain in the forecast immediately but we know it's going to come and we have a big old honking ass hole in the roof and you know what this song is right Robin yes Tubular Bells remember this classic I do I, I used to be able to play this on the glockenspiel on the what the glockenspiel I don't know what's the equivalent the little uh, like the xylophone xylophone thank yeah. you glockenspiel no I don't order tube steak down at Downey's and by the way Downey's on South Street has been closed for a couple of years now man that's bad knowledge right there I love this. I could listen to this forever. What was it? This was from, um, not, uh, what movie was this? Mike Oldfield did it. He did a lot of those uh, yeah, no, 80s. Yeah, but they uh, played this, not for The Shining, but it was for uh, The Exorcist, right? Wasn't this The I, Exorcist? I, I don't think so. You have to look it up. I'm not sure. It's a good question, Robin. That's what we do. We got questions. Tubular Bells. Tubular Bells. By Mike Oldfield. I do believe was utilized for... The Exorcist. Dun, 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 dun. That's a great job out of you, Robin. Thank you very much. You made my head spin around and around and around <laughs> just trying to think of that answer. <laughs> at least I didn't throw up on you, though, at least, with pea soup. Um, Pat S123 is saying, Hey, Tony, I just heard that your old buddy Gary Radnich has retired. Thank God you and Miss Robin are still working. Uh, yes, and... And we were going to have... Gary was supposed to... I was supposed to go on his show today yeah. if he returned to work because he announced over the weekend, Gary Radnich again, for those of us just joining, legendary Bay Area sports radio TV, former great athlete at UNLV basketball player, TV host, radio host at KNBR for decades, announced over the weekend that after 36 years, I believe, in broadcasting, he's got young children, beautiful wife, mm -hmm. and he's going to retire before the end of the year and uh, and so I the question I had today was did he do his last show on Friday or would he come back today and I got calls from the radio station asking if I yes. would go on on Gary's last show because he was scheduled to come in today but you were like you know knowing Gary the way, the way I know yeah, him yeah Gary's not a narcissist he's not like a I, I want to go in so everybody will kiss my ass for three hours right. it makes him feel a little bit uncomfortable but... so anyway so he so his producer F.P. Santangelo Jr. 
whose dad, of course, F.P. Sanchangelo, the former baseball player and now one of the Washington Nationals broadcaster, uh, he asked me if I'd come on, and I said yes, but he's on the same time, 1 to 4 right. Eastern time, which is 10 to 1 Pacific. And I said, hey, I can't call in when you say, but if you want to do it, right. Let me Gary, check with we'll Ms. be on Robin. each other's shows. And Ms. Robin said... Why yes. don't we do a simulcast? Because we can do that, no problem. So hopefully we'll still get that done. They're looking at maybe Wednesday that Gary comes in. Um, but uh, here on uh, on Twitter, people are saying, uh, this is a memory from Brandon at Hang Dangle. I spent four minutes on the phone with Gary and Tony Bruno to talk about bedhead hair gel. Where else can I do that? Well, maybe on this show. But that was the best part about the Gary segment, because it was a sports show, and it always was. But one of the things, which is what I've always done everywhere I've worked, is, yes, we deal with sports, but we also deal with crazy stuff. You know, like just things everybody talks about every day. That's why we do the silly updates. And Gary and I would go off, and none of it was ever scripted. There was no plan. It was just we would talk about the big sports story of the day, and then it would transition into other crazy stuff. And it would go off the rails, and it did for a half an hour every single morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time on KNBR for 17 consecutive years, Robin. 17 17 years. years. Well, I am very glad that I was able to experience um, at least two years of when you were on with Gary. And I know that you missed it when it was gone. Absolutely. No, I mean, you... Anytime you're on with somebody for 17 years, you become part of people's lives every day. Yeah. And that was a lot of fun. And now Gary's retiring... And we're still working. Although I'm, I'm pretty much retired. Well, he just retired. turned 70. So I don't he... think he turned 70 yet. He said, before I turn 70, I want to spend more time with my kids. And he legitimately, you met his wife and his oh, children. Yeah. Beautiful children. Young children because he remarried and he had children and at a later active, age. yes. So anyway. Well, he has a young wife as well. Yes, absolutely. So anyway, the music we're playing is because we were talking about installing a tubular Skylight. Yes. Because there are a tube that goes through your roof. A light tube. And Mickey, one of our great uh, friends there, said, "Why well, would have I would have opened a box, Robin, before you cut into your roof?" Good question. But Robin, t- Robin insisted that it was the right because it, she said it said on the box is for flat roofs. So I wanted to proceed to put it on since the box said it was for a flat roof. Yes. And it wasn't. So I can I can seal the roof so that no yeah. water comes in if it does rain. So we're waiting for them to send us just the cowling. And again, not the AC Cowlings, who was the driver of the white I feel, Bronco. I do feel kind of stupid because it's the kind of thing that I should have noticed. I should have figured out that the angle that the the, the it's the flashing. angle of the dangle, Robin. You got and I kept showing you on the roof. I, know. I said, look, if we put this down on this roof, well, the tube then, is not going to come straight out. It's meant for a pitched roof. So when you know. put it underneath no, the no, sheathing no, no, and no, the shingles, no, no. you slide it under the shingle so that when the water comes down, it doesn't go underneath. So on the flat surface one. It's going to be the same thing. The cowling will be straight up and down, not on an angle. Yep. But then you're going to have to put a special uh, special well, stuff around it to seal the yes. edge. You've got to get a seal here and a seal there. So you're going to use that, that material. It's basically like strips of stuff, which I have. Yeah. It's a coating of fiberglass mm-hmm. that then you put substance over so that one... When it's done, it will blend in with the rest of the roof line. Si, so when senor. it rains, the water doesn't can't get underneath the actual cowling. You follow me right now? I totally follow you. Beautiful man. And so this was a this you can give Miss Miss Robin a bump bumpy bump for that. I did. I said and, and you, you kept telling me, no, it's not, it's a straight. I said, Robin, it's on an angle. I put it over the hole. 
I put this collar over the roll. I said, how is that pipe going to come up on an angle when it's supposed to come straight up? So then I held it up on the angle it's supposed to be if there were a By the time were, we were up there, oh, I already knew that it was the wrong one, but I was like, what are we going to do? Mickey just told me that Mickey is uh, your biggest I, fan, I Robin. Know, but I deserve it. And he's it. right. I'm going to give you I another one. I <sighs> Yes. Uh, Brendy85 has a request. Play She's a Beauty by the Tubes in honor of your tube. I love that song, too. Miss Robin's a beauty, too. Even though I give her the business here. Can you bring it up now, Robin? I am, I'm, I'm... Love this song. I don't want the live. I don't want the live. Version. You don't want the... Okay, I'll bring it back down. You tell... No, I want this version. I want the recorded version. Are you ready? Is it ready now? Yes. You ready? I'm ready. This is an underrated song, Robin. Is it? Yeah, you remember this. It's a great song. From the tubes, man. It's tubular. Trevor from the 203. Looks like Ms. Robin ain't making the showcase showdown. <laughs> Damn. Damn. You remember this song? I do. Step right up and don't be shy. Because you will not believe your eyes. Right See, we're not playing just regular requests. The songs have to have something to do with what we're talking about. They must. We play tubular bells for the tubular skylight. And the band is the Tubes singing She's a Beauty. See how that works? And actually, this is exactly what you and Gary were all about for yeah. 17 years. It was association thinking. She's a beauty, a one in a <laughs> is there a hissing cat in this song? I don't, I don't remember. remember the hissing cat. And D. Conrad says that we need to video the roof work because my wife says I cuss every time I do a project. Not oh. me. I never use any profanity. <laughs> oh, oh. Even if I cut when I cut my finger off, oh, I did not utter one single solitary profanity. Bullshit. <laughs> that is such Your nose just grew a foot long, mister That's not the only thing that grew long, baby I'm doing my Channeling my little Craig Shoemaker there The Love Master okay. You don't remember this song, Robin? I know Love Master Pinocchio Lie to me, baby Lie to me <laughs> Alright, everybody Now crank it, Robin She's a beauty Whatever happened to the tubes? I think they got cut off, or they got them tied, and now they can't do anything anymore. <laughs> I don't know. Was this song in Frozen? Can't be. Oh, no. I, 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 when I pull it up, it puts all these other songs up. Uh, let's see. They are active as we speak. It says years active from 1972 to present. The tubes? Yep. Um... Let's see. Are they on tour? The lead singer of the Tubes, according to Burton Gus, V Waybill, V F E E Waybill, W A L B I L L. Well, that's an interesting name, huh? That's fun to say. So they're they're still active and they're still on tour, I guess. Uh... Everything's digital now. Why are they still tubes? I mean, you can't even get a tube to fix your TV anymore if you got an old school one. In 2015, they started a 40th anniversary European tour, including dates in Germany, Sweden, and the UK. 
Dates in the U.S. followed in 2017. They toured Europe as support for Alice Cooper. Dude. And then um, on March, in March of this year, they announced a Spring USA tour and will perform their Completion Backward Principal album in its entirety. Whatever that is. Totally tubular Tuesday. No, it's only Monday. Totally. We can't do anything that rhymes with tubes on Monday. Well, no, there's nothing M in a tube. Now, S Falcon 39 is asking, Tony, are you not worried about paying the royalties of music you play? Hell no. We play what we want here. And we We're like Jack FM. And we don't play in the attack. So, so um, we... We are actually worried about that. No, but the only place that we get in trouble with that is YouTube. No, that's not completely true. Any of the replay. So the re- once it's recorded, we can't record it because of live air. We can kind of correct. There's a gray area that we are we totally love gray taking. Areas. We are totally taking advance, advantage of the gray area because it's live. However, um, when it is a recording, so all of the replays in the archives. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, you will go back to one of our archive shows and you will see a little sign on there that says this show has been muted. And so the it, entire show. No, not the entire. Just show. Just the part where we play Just a song. Okay. Just certain songs that are that, that we get copyright infringement uh, label on, then they will mute that part of the show. Okay. And I'm willing just, to take the chance. Let them do the to... work and mute it. We'll so. just do what we need to do. So that's how we're... we're... We got a job to do, and we're going to do we it, baby. We are working with the gray area. We are, in, we are enveloping. We are enjoying the gray area very much so. We're <laughs> so doing whatever the hell we want to do. Yep. That is how we were. I'm waiting for ice to come in here and break into the house and arrest us. And then I'll claw, crawl under something. I'll crawl into my sanctuary back room. And we're not complaining about when they, when they mute certain parts of the show for the archive sessions. Uh, those of you who uh, love us and want to listen to the archive, uh, you just have to fast forward through the muted parts. To and outrage. we apologize. I and will sure. not be muted. And just make sure you listen to the live. Do it live. On Twitch. Well, they must have muted the entire Friday night show then. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> not yet. No, YouTube, is, YouTube comes after you. They don't come after you. They say, you're not going to be able oh. to monetize your shows. Yes. How much money were we making from them anyway? YouTube is the worst. And they are they the worst. Do it, they do it immediately and fast. Um, but uh, the rest of... Stop. All right, we got to do this update okay. from the Supreme Court, Robin, because this is actual yes. news. This is news. This is now, hard news. I want to say parental. I'm gonna. I have to do this. I have to tape this and put this in the machine. Parental discretion advised. You know how they do that, like on yes. FX when they show American Horror Story. And I all love these. it when you do that. Tony. Well, thank you. I got to do. I have to record one because it's hard to do it live. I want everybody to know that there is language in this story, even though it is a real Supreme Court decision that was made today. Monday, June 24th, by the United States Supreme Court. Yes, the real one in Washington, D.C. Not the Supreme Court of Comedy, hosted by our good friend, the Italian greatness that is, Dom Herrera. Remember he had a show called Italian Court of Comedy? I mean, not the Italian. The Supreme Court of Comedy? I don't. And he played the judge? I don't remember this. It was, not, it was a couple years ago. I mean, maybe so on. So on Comedy I'll do, Central. I'll have to look for it. Look it up, Rod. Supreme Court of Comedy. Not the Supreme Court of Comedy with Dom Herrera. This is the real Supreme Court. And let's go. I got. I, I pulled a song earlier for this, the People's Court one, and I got to play that because this this is a long story, and I want to make sure I have the proper music under it. Is it on? It's it's on YouTube. 
if you could find it and play it. Forget about uh. the Supreme Court of Comedy, but you got to get me the People's Court update music right now because this is a big story. This is a big breaking, blinking deal because it involves the First Amendment. And everybody's always talking about what can you do, what can you say when it comes to the First Amendment. Is hate speech free speech? And I'm a free speech guy. Sometimes you have to pay for a speech of mine, but most of the time I'll do it for charity. The Supreme Court, Robin, this morning in Washington, D.C., ruled that a Los Angeles clothing designer has a First Amendment right to trademark protection for his, I'm not making this up, his name brand is Fucked, F-U-C-T. He makes clothes under that brand name. Oh, I want to wear some fucked pants. Now, see, Robin, I'm not going to try to make all the jokes because you could say that word a lot because we're allowed to do it without being infringing upon anybody. And in the decision, Lansu versus Brunetti, the justices decided that the U.S. Patent and Trademark Office, the PTO, baby, they're PTOers, they could not reject a claim based on the fact that the PTO viewed the message or words to be trademarked as immoral or scandalous. Justice Elena Kagan uh-huh. wrote the court's majority opinion affirming the 2017 decision by the U.S. Court of Appeals to the Federal Circuit in striking down a long-standing U.S. ban on trademarks on immoral or scandalous words and symbols. Monday's decision removed the authority of the PTO to prohibit federal trademark restriction and registration 